0: welcome to the podcast <laughs> give me a second that was you better be recording this whole fucking thing <laughs> this is going to be the beginning this time oh dude it smells like meatballs and beer oh all wow. right oh god and now you're I making me e- i can't even do it i'm laughing too hard I- welcome to the podcast. We're Dylan and Joe, and we want to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, by sharing your feedback.
1: Absolutely. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a lot of uh, loyal listeners and viewers to our podcast. We really appreciate it. So we thought we'd read a couple of quotes from them before we get started, just to give you guys a, uh, hey, thank you. We appreciate it. First one we have is from Maggie F. It says, uh, latest covid project done special thanks to joe collins and dylan reed of dylan and joe's basement podcast via youtube for providing the entertainment while i worked learned a few things too thanks maggie f we love to hear that
0: yeah thanks maggie f uh we uh we'm sure that your special project is even better thanks to us and uh we're just happy to be a part of further projects that happen at your house and excited to see those too so please keep sharing everything on Facebook as you do, and we're eternally grateful. We love it. Thank you so much. We love it. Thank you. Next one is from Larry J via our Instagram page. All right. I'm listening to the Giant Podcast now. I'm loving it. You guys are killing me. Well, Larry, we love it too, and we're happy to keep killing you.
1: Larry, we hope you're dead within a week, buddy. We really appreciate it.
0: (laughs) He doesn't mean that, but he does appreciate it.
1: We're killing it. Thank you. Uh, next we have Mike L. It says uh loving your podcast. I am subscribed. Thank you Mike. I haven't seen a full episode yet, but I'm enjoying what I've seen. <laughs> we like that too. <laughs> you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you don't want to, but you can just subscribe and just, you know, keep clicking if you like, but but yeah. keep, I got to tell you, if you listen to the whole thing, you're you're missing out on a lot if you don't listen to the whole thing. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, and keep commenting. We've had other people chime in and say they do it in segments, you know, even. Sometimes I even do that after after Joe does all the edits, I spend uh sometimes even a couple days on car rides just listening to them making sure that you know we're we're enjoying what we're seeing too so yeah, for thanks, sure Mike. it's not a five thanks. minute
1: youtube video i mean it's a big podcast we got you want to break up in chunks when you're ironing yeah. or you know going for a walk
0: or whatever feel free yeah or or you know doing crovid projects yeah if you have
1: to do crovid or a crab vid or whatever <laughs> kind of vid you need
0: feel free all right next uh piece of feedback is from mrs f mrs f Best outtakes ever. I agree. How about you, Joe?
1: I, I love it. I love that part of the podcast, throwing it at the end, the outtakes. Like we said before, we have a bunch of them that we haven't even showed you guys yet that we will come up with episodes sometime in the future, but the outtakes are funny.
0: Outtakes are great. And a big, big round of applause to, to our friend Joe here for putting those outtakes together because oh, they oh. are fucking funny. And this please, man please. does all the goddamn work. Um, for that. I just Not sit true, back but and, I do appreciate I just sit back and that. watch him within 24 hours of them being posted. So we, we want to thank Joe. Um, uh, and then we have our last
1: one before we jump into our subject for today. Uh, it's from Jeremiah G. Quote, you blaspheme the Holy One. Ellipses, judgment cometh, boys. Well, Jeremiah G., I couldn't agree more. We do blaspheme the Holy One and I'm sure judgment is coming for us. Speaking of blaspheming the Holy One, say hi to the folks out there, Dylan. We're dressed a little peculiarly today because of our topic.
0: Hi, everyone. Today, I'm a ghost.
1: (laughs) And blessings to all of you here who blaspheme the Holy One. You don't need to be doing that. Just listen to the podcast. Enjoy yourself. Learn something or two. So our subject for this week is going to be Spirits, apparitions, wraiths, specters, phantoms, g- 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 ghosts. We're talking about ghosts this week, folks. And that's why we're dressed this way.
0: Joe's a priest, not a ghost, but they are <laughs> I've come here hand to
1: exercise hand. your home. As you can see behind me, I have the uh, one of the most famous haunted houses in the world. That
0: to me looks like the Amityville Horror House. That absolutely is. Wow, do you think that was a ghost? As soon as this popped up, my uh my makeshift basement has started to fall down. You know what? what, what it's kind hard, of, what hard to argue otherwise.
1: That? That's the only thing I can think of. It must have been a ghost because it's right when we said the
0: word ghost. Yeah, and, and the thing is with ghosts is besides scaring everybody in the middle of the night for thousands of years. That's, they love that, don't they? That's they thing. love that. Um, it, ghosts really it means all different types of things. Orbs, smells, sights, feelings, visions, uh, like you said, apparitions, and things like this, where all of a sudden, you know, you say something weird and your whole entire uh, blanket falls off the wall. Yeah. So before we get started,
1: I just wanted to parse out what exactly we're talking about, because we're going to be talking about ghosts this whole time. But ghosts mean a lot of different things to different people. So what is the difference between like, you know, some kind of orb or a ghost or a demon or a poltergeist? I mean, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about dead people? Are we talking about uh, evil spirits coming from hell? What are we talking about here today? Or are we talking about all of
0: them? It's a great question, Joe. I think uh, a majority of what we're talking about is the uh, what you see. What you see on television shows that that include people getting scared in haunted places, like the one behind you. Uh, you know, for example, a really good thing from the annual horror that showed up after everything that happened was a, a photograph that was that was set up to take pictures for 24. You know, for like 24 hours straight, and something scary showed up. Ah! In- Speaking of something <laughs> scary. I do believe a spirit has come
1: and they are putting a stop to this podcast. They've torn down. Your they are
0: trying. Laptop. They are trying hard. And something showed up in a photograph that is unexplainable, you know, My uh, that we don't know. It, it looks like a boy and this happens all the time. So, I believe that what we're talking about today has a mm-hmm. lot to do with those apparitions, those orbs, those smells, those weird feelings, those senses, those that's a scary basement. I don't feel good down there.
1: The uh, There are people who have died uh, a lot of the times. I'm not sure if we're going to be covering more than that, though. Sorry.
0: I absolutely think that we should be covering that because that's a majority of what people think they are, is that these mm-hmm. are trapped souls that are caught in, are caught in the realm of uh, human life. And in this this realm, this plane, this Our mortal coil where they're supposed to move, where their spirit or their energy is supposed to move on to whatever's next for them. And they get trapped here. And, um, uh, Joe, why do you think some of those spirits get trapped here? Well, yeah, from what I understand,
1: it's uh, a lot of it is, um, severe traumatic events or unfinished business uh a lot of the time where it's if they could finish the business they needed to do on this uh this earthly plane they could peacefully pass on to the afterlife but sometimes if you've been uh, terrible events have happened it leaves like almost like a psychic scar on the area and if some terrible thing happens uh these spirits aren't allowed to move on because they're forever uh, trapped with the unfinished business of the awful things that have happened to them
0: what are some things? What are some examples of unfinished business that you can rack off the top of your head? Why, why? Why? a spirit would? I mean, are we talking about? You know, they didn't get to fulfill all their dreams, or they were murdered, or what? Yeah, why, I Why I would think- a spirit get trapped here? Yeah, I think that more, less than the unfulfilled
1: dream is more of like an immediate uh, issues with their own life. Uh, if perhaps if uh, if I had children and um, I hadn't uh, packed their lunches for the next day and I and then I hung myself, uh, maybe that'd be unfinished business because uh, little Jimmy and Tony don't have their bologna sandwiches for tomorrow. And now I'm a ghost that's forever asking them to finish their homework. Don't forget your brown paper bags, Jimmy. I don't have kids, but I'm just imagining that's what being a parent's like.
0: <laughs> ah, what, what do you story. think unfinished
1: finished businesses let's dive into this dylan you don't want to ask me all the questions there because i don't want to spoil it for you folks this guy is our residential ghost expert and i'm the residential priest as you can clearly see mm-hmm. Blessed or be to all or,
0: or the residential
1: ghost as we
0: as we see it. the residential ghost as well yeah so why, why don't we start up uh hearing from you i mean i can share some ghost stories that i know of um or just a, 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 a reiterate reiterate what you just said for the most part. So, what, where do you think Okay, want me so, to go so with this? generally, what yeah. I said
1: is what you think of ghosts as well. Like, it could be any number of, you know, joking aside, it, usually it's unfinished business, like, uh, you know, that you were supposed to be taking care of your family, or basically that you died young and unfinished business is a life that yep. you didn't get to live, maybe a forlorn lover, or something like that. That's more what we're talking about. When we're talking about spirits. Usually there's a cr- yeah. crazy, tragic story to go along with it. Um, but, before we get into ghosts uh, too heavily, we're going to get into the ideas of them and all these kind of things. We wanted to share, uh, you know, what, what do ghosts mean to us? Like, has that ever happened in our life? A lot of people we know um, have experienced things that are unexplained and paranormal. And uh, if you wanted to, to share a story that maybe happened to you, Dylan, I would love to hear it. If you ever experienced strange events like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got three that actually come to mind that have happened to me personally. Three, um, three of them, wow. Three of them, yeah. Three, All right, three I'll ghost it. stories, two from when I was adult, one when I was a kid. Okay. Um, the thing is with ghosts, is according to a 2009 study from CBS, mm-hmm. 48% of Americans believe in ghosts. Interesting. Um, but I That's do not Nearly know the half of them. That's a lot nearly of nearly half of them. They I wasn't on that study. I don't remember filling out that report, but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'll start off saying that I do, I do believe in ghosts, and it's more of the energy type of thing. And I've experienced again three three experiences. I'm um, a uh, pretty familiar and experienced Ouija board user. It's been years because it scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. But uh, this all brings us back to 1995,
1: and I lived in Massachusetts. You're uh, around three years old, <clears throat> if I would uh, imagine for the story.
0: Four. So four you're years four. Old
1: yeah. This, is, this is a lot farther back than I thought the story was going to be when you said you were yeah, a it could so have You are ahead. nearly, uh, you've just learned how to poo-poo on a toilet and you can now talk.
0: Well, Joe brings up a really good point. So most ghost stories can be disproved by... Oh, um, please. That, no, that's not my point at all. Well, uh, of course Is that right, Joe? <laughs> oh, how dare you already make me the asshole?
1: I can do that later in 10 minutes.
0: Well, most, so here's the thing is being a kid uh, if you have experienced loss anytime recently, or if you have, um, heightened emotions, external influences, like other different types of energy fields, like borderline cosmic rays or sound or whatever it is can make you think that something is there that isn't, um, okay. it's a very, ghosts are very sophisticated and they can go into, um, uh, there's a lot of different things that classify a ghost and if it's legit or not and one of the main things that can help add value to a ghost sighting is multiple people seeing the same thing different times i don't have that but i've got my story so okay. let me uh let me take this off for a second a little hot in here
1: <laughs> see you don't need to be scared oh. kids it's just dylan he's just Ooh. wearing a costume he's not a real ghost all right
0: we're back yeah. so <clears throat> my first time experiencing a ghost was again around four or five years old Mm-hmm. And I, I was drawn to this particular closet in our first house, which was built in the 40s. And okay. that house, the former owner, obviously, I didn't know. He was an old World War II vet, had a lot of guns, lived alone. House had literally gun wallpaper on it, like American flags. and— Wow, guns. that
1: is excessive. Even the, the biggest patriots usually don't have gun wallpaper on their walls. <laughs> anything that happened after these days dedication this is this is is this in hudson massachusetts this is in hudson massachusetts okay so this isn't in uh you know outside of mississippi this is a a gun toting a gun-loving american who fought in the
0: war Mm -hmm. he wasn't the original owner of the house and it doesn't make me think that it's him but i'm not sensing that this was like the most friendly guy i don't really think i'd like him very much um well maybe if you're
1: not from america he might be a little less friendly to you if you're the, the german or japanese persuasion
0: perhaps that's true very likely So anyway, so I was drawn to this closet and I'll never forget this. And uh, to this day, I think about it. And I was drawn to the closet and I went in the closet and the deepest voice said something to me that wasn't, you know, this is 1995. Toys were shitty. They weren't able to, if you had like Tickle Me Elmo, it it wouldn't resonate your chest in that way. Like you picture... Uh, when you listen on, you know, in like *The Exorcist*, you hear her voice in the film. Kind of like when the devil speaks to her, it has yeah, it's troubles. guttural. It's almost
1: like a subwoofer sound. It's a, it's a low uh, yeah, low yeah it's, decibel, a, uh, it's not even not, like decibel, a, it's not even, like a, it's not even like a
0: low diaphragm sound. Like it's like this like resonating awful, awful sound. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember it vibrating my body, and then I ran out of there, screaming for my parents. And then I had them come up and look in the closet. Nothing was there however that that
1: does sound terrifying especially terrifying when you're and i'll kid. never
0: forget it and it led to me going to therapy really I'm kidding dead serious that's interesting that's how scared i was about this thing and um and i remember sitting in therapy well, what did you,
1: yeah what did you tell the therapist i, I heard a, a scary man yell at me in a closet
0: for the most part and what they did is the funniest thing about this about therapy was is um, did the man I, say anything
1: or it was just a, yes whoa, 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 yes whoa. but I,
0: no, they, it said words, but it was almost like it was muffled and I couldn't you make couldn't out, the, not necessarily muffled, but I couldn't make out the words. Gotcha. And gotcha. I ended up in therapy, which is hilarious, but I was very scared after this for a long time. And yeah. I couldn't at nighttime cross the hallway and look down the front stairs and the front door because there's a knocker on it. It looked like, it looked like a vampire. Oh, so that's scary th- already. The thing is, this is very black and white to me. I heard a scary noise and then I'm scared of the door and I know it's the door, but it just looks scared to me at night. Like i I always think it's going to turn around Mm -hmm. and, um, and in therapy, they're trying to tap into my subconscious as a kid to see if this, this represents some other challenge in my life or something else I'm scared of. Yeah. They're trying to
1: figure out if your uncle molested you and you're scared (laughs) of the door. That happens a lot. They're trying to do
0: something. Yeah. yeah, or find the like the, the, the what what that actually means. I'm making. Yeah, simple. yeah. What do the you whole truly... the bottom line was, I'm not. There's not a whole that whole lot going on that this is representative. Of. Besides, I heard a scared noise in my closet, and every time I walk by the front door, it scares me. And that's the that's all simple it was. Simple as that. Uh-huh. Simple as that. Um. So they, so they the
1: conclusion was uh, uh, what just you know nothing to worry about. Uh, just go home and relax. Or they couldn't really do anything with you then at that point, right? They could. That was just it. Yeah, huh? that was uh-huh. it.
0: It was. They well, try, good on your, like, good on your I, parents they, they for at like least I drew, you know, the I drew pictures in. and of stuff of this stuff, and and they thought this was oh, some creation. That's a my classic mind. scene like, when you're, you're with the Crayola crayons, you're drawing yeah. the, the man. Well, they did the thing. In. Yeah, they well they do the thing. Like if I'm like yeah drawing my family, then there's this big black dark figure in the background. with <laughs> like, red eyes Who's Yeah, that? exactly. It oh, wasn't that's that Tony.
1: Uh, we don't yeah. talk about him. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. But none of that happened. I drew normal pictures, nothing weird. I was like, it's really yeah. simple. I, this scared me in the closet, front door's yeah. all fucked up and that's it. Um, no, that's but good on your parents stories.
1: though, for doing, especially in the mid nineties. I mean, even now it's, it's, you know, it would be a really, you know, great parenting move to have your kids uh, go to a therapist to make sure they're all okay. But especially in the mid nineties, do you, have you be scared of a closet? I think a lot of parents, even then would be like, uh, get over it. It's a closet, I'm not spending yeah. money for you to go, go talk to a person about the closet. And there is no know. Uncle Tony, so I'm not afraid of you getting molested or anything like that. So you just deal with it, you know. That was yeah. cool of them to um, make sure you're okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was other stuff in my life going on back then, with you know my my you know father being sick and stuff like that. So therapy wasn't like out of the question, but yeah. it was it was unrelated to that. You know, it was a weird. Like I'll never forget well, that voice. It was yeah.
1: unrelated to that, as far as we know.
0: As far as we know, I think yeah. that
1: if we hitch that on an idea that I think is a big part of uh, hauntings, um, mm-hmm. and that it might not not be so unrelated as. We might think on the surface
0: yeah yeah do you What's want to hear story? one other story that is short because i've got yeah can we ones. hear
1: one about when you're a you're an adult because the, yeah. the closest yeah, yeah. story that i have besides that when i was a kid i was equally as afraid as for of ghosts mm. as you when i would hear sounds my grandparents house i'd go running all over oh, the place so yeah. <laughs> you know all the creeks and i'd be like this is fucking terrible my grandparents <laughs> downstairs in their house mm. they had a three or yeah three floor house through the basement and mm. They had an entire cabinet of little porcelain dolls from like the 1950s. It was horrifying. You you're walk nervous. downstairs That's... to go get a drink of water, and you're you're staring down thirty dolls. I'm eight years old. I'm gonna pee my pants. I freaked. We've them. all seen Annabelle, and that is exactly what. you, think. <laughs> you
0: know, everything. Is this, cool. this is like well before Annabelle. I mean, you're not but yes. the eyes moving, but it's yeah, fire. yeah,
1: the dolls are. See, they scared the hell out of me and uh when i lived in uh the, the house in clinton massachusetts i must have been uh i think 11 or 12 at the time mm-hmm. i still was uh, i wasn't as scared as i was as a, um, a younger child of dolls but i still thought that ghosts were out there that could have been haunting me at any time mm-hmm. and i remember coming out of the shower uh one time we lived in the attic so you mm-hmm. know you'd hear all kinds of weird noises the wind would come through i remember it yeah Just genuinely freak you out about it and um yeah i came out of the shower and there was just this like clear uh You know, when you get out of the shower and your mirror is all fogged up, you can run your finger along it and, you know, kind of draw things. It looked like a silhouette of like a long hair, um, like almost like a girl's head. And it had like fog in the middle of it, too. It kind of streaks through it. Uh, So at the time, I was like, holy shit, this is definitely a ghost trying to talk to me in the mirror. And I was equally afraid and interested because I went into defense mode and I was like, can I kind of talk to the ghost and be like hey please don't hurt me I'm, I'm a friend like don't you know i don't know who you are but don't hurt me and i had this yeah. whole conversation like talking to the to the empty room and uh and that's that the only time that i've ever felt that close to a ghost besides just you know generally being scared of them uh, growing up but that was the only time i ever can remember actually speaking and being like hey i know you're there you know don't hurt me and uh you know i might have heard some creaks and weird noises the rest of the year living there but nothing uh nothing that close to um contact with the other side as it were
0: yeah that's pretty freaky though was it do you remember it being like uh symmetrical like it was very clearly the same oh no it wasn't perfectly symmetrical but <clears> the way that it was
1: shaped it, it, just, it just looked like yeah it looked like you it tried silhouette. to draw yeah. a silhouette of a girl's head with your finger so it wasn't perfectly mm-hmm. symmetrical but it was like you know it came up on the top came down both sides and then the middle had marks in it um which you know genuinely freaked me out wow At, that's uh, pretty freaky and uh genuinely yeah, uh, I think yeah, yeah. that, you know, everyone's got their um, opinions and ideas about ghosts and hauntings and things like that. Um, you know, you should take people seriously when when they see that they've seen something and heard something. I don't think there's any reason to just dismiss people, but I'd be much more willing to hear adults talk to me about how they've seen things that aren't real than children who don't know what is real and what isn't real.
0: Absolutely. Um... It's not their fault they're kids. <laughs> they're just kids. They don't they think don't
1: monsters are real. When they grow up and they think Santa Claus is not real, you don't make fun of them for believing in ghosts, but, you know,
0: you should. Yeah, anyways, absolutely. The funny thing about this is, is again, how to, how to, how to qualify a ghost sighting. And one of them is don't be a kid. Uh, Don't be under the influence of something. Don't, Mm. um, uh, you know, it's basically anybody who truly, truly believes deeply that they saw a ghost shows a little bit of a lack of critical thinking skills. Sure, so I'm yeah. going to this aware It shouldn't of be this... your
1: number one thought. Much like when we talk about UFOs, <clears throat> you know, we've talked about how yeah. you see a plane in the sky. Your first sh- thought shouldn't be spacemen from Mars. It should be, it's probably a plane. And if you work mm-hmm. down the list and you find out it's none of those things, now we're talking now maybe it's something unexplained but if you hear one sound at night you go that's a ghost i don't give a shit your opinion because you're not even thinking you're just immediately going to ghost and that's it then you know it could just be like you want a ghost to happen you see a shining light outside it's got to be an alien if you and want it that... badly then i can't trust you because that's just not how mm-hmm. proving things work unfortunately exactly and we call that confirmation bias
0: and in the yes, industry is podcasting
1: yes we um, do and it comes up a lot on this show because of all a lot. the <laughs> shit we come up with
0: um, I was turning left onto Essex Street in Salem, Massachusetts, which is on a ley line and the most haunted street in Salem because it's, it, it lines up accordingly with all the houses that the judges um, and people in the basically in the court who were against the witches in the trials lived on. Could
1: you just write to me what a ley line is? I'm not familiar with that term. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Joe. Um, <clears throat> I'll do the best I can. Um, you don't uh, have to go too much into
1: it, just just so we know what we're talking about when you... Because if you throw a phrase out and I yeah. just let you go, go through it, I'm going to act like I know. I don't really know. I'd, I'd like to know about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to my best of my knowledge, a ley line is an energy field that runs across the earth okay, um, due to uh, magnetic fields and that type of stuff.
1: So that street is um, synced up with a magnetic field of the earth? That seems mm-hmm. really wild to be yeah. that... that um yep he's like that yeah okay so yeah that's a ley yeah, line
0: it is and in some of these like a, a really famous place for ley lines and for that type of activity is Sedona Arizona which I think you've been I've been yeah um, and the trees all do weird things because of the magnetic field that's there oh I uh, got gotcha. you okay yeah uh, thanks yeah. for uh explaining that yeah definitely so but this happened that 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 ley line one of there's multiple of them that go through Salem but one of them that goes through happens to be the same basically the same street that uh all the people, uh, the, the judges and prosecutors and whatever it were, the witch trials uh, lived on. So I was taking a left onto that street. Yeah. I was taking a left onto that street, <clears throat>, probably around 12 or 1 a.m., all alone, not sure what time of the year it was. And somebody was standing at the corner of there in like all black um, dress type of thing, beautiful, tall woman with like, almost her face was so, so pale. And she was just standing there and she just watched me with her eyes. And that's the story. Which could, I live in Salem, could be anything, but she was too crisp for mm. me to go to not think it was weird. I see a lot of weird stuff. There's a, it's weird stuff all 12 months of the year there, but not, um, not some, nothing ever really stands out for me sometimes it's literally michael Myers standing at the corner and he watches me and i, I don't even <laughs> yeah i don't it's, even blink I, it's like, especially bomb. in october
1: like, in salem it's hard to say anything is weird there because everyone's just weird but yeah, i mean yeah i mean that could have yeah. gone two ways you, you could have picked her up and she could have swallowed your soul uh, and you had yeah. been tortured for all eternity or you could have met a really cool chick who was v- really tall and pale
0: yeah yeah this is Exactly. And this is 2015, 2016, something like that. So here's mm-hmm. the one that's more interesting. So that one is, that could be just some human, probably most likely. Mm-hmm. Definitely crazy. creepy
1: though, especially it um, was creepy. with the location, yeah. like you said, on that street yeah. that has such a history on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if yeah, bad not-
1: vibes do exist, that street's got to have some of them. I mean, Salem itself has just got so many um, tragic events in history and all kinds of traumatic events that would, if, if it is to be said that traumatic events and unsolved or rather unresolved uh, notions of people's lives do cause them to be trapped as ghosts that would be the place to go if you want to find them something
0: like salem yeah we could spend an entire podcast on ghost stories from salem um, and we will yeah and we will including include just the mo- i think the most important one is that they don't have a fire chief anymore like the head of the fire department because all of them died young uh, in really weird uh, circumstances so um, so they, they, just just, they, they decide chief. that it was like a curse thing. So they na- they call him something else or they have two of them instead of just one. <laughs> Jesus Not kidding. Um, so anyways, It's like so- leaving the
1: 13th floor of the building. So what floor is this? It's the so 14th floor. But isn't it still the 13th floor?
0: You just call it the 14th floor. Yeah. Isn't he still the fire chief? But you don't call him the fire chief. So now he's fine. Something, something like that. So the next one is a little more interesting. So again, it was around the same time. Um, and I went to had a couple drinks with my friend Steve and we were on the same street just about a mile in the other direction Mm -hmm. and uh we decided you said
1: right Essex Street in case anyone wants to look it up
0: Essex Street in Salem—it's where all—it's where all the good stuff is. Uh, if you've been there, it's the street that has the witch statue um, from the lady from um, *Bewitched*. Has all the good restaurants. Has, yeah, that, that
1: area rocks. If anyone's yeah, been there.
0: Yeah. Yep. You can't drive it on anymore, or half of it you can, but the good stuff is all like cobblestone or brick, and you can't walk on it. But um, obviously, so you can't drive on it. So, so we were down the end by the P. B. Essex Museum, and um, and we were walking through a shortcut through a garden, and. Uh, and no big deal. There's just a guy smoking a cigar by one of the benches in the garden, and um he was pretty close to us too. I thought that was whatever. I'm like, whatever. It was just all good. I'm here with my friend Steve, and there's a lot of smoke around him. And but it's kind of a human night, so it makes sense. But he's smoking a cigar, and mm-hmm. he's wearing a brown robe. It's from Charlie's wearing brown robe, smoking a cigar, um, in Fry the garden. Tuck vibe to him. Yeah, yeah, right. So in Salem, and um we walked through this cloud of smoke uh got through the gar- garden got to the end i said that was kind of weird right he said yeah it was and the the thing that's the most weird about this is besides the fact that the guy didn't wave say hi do nothing um the cloud of smoke had no smell nothing
1: that is the weirdest part about it yeah, yeah cigar, smoking smoking a cigar is a smoke smoking very pungent. you can smell it from a well, far away even if you can't yeah. see the smoke you, you can smell it
0: yeah, and he was wearing old old attire and the, the, there was just no no smell to it. So don't know, probably, who knows? Maybe I just missed the smell or whatever it was. But that's my second weird story as an adult. Um, both of them yeah, on that's the same street. Strange. Yeah, that street's uh, got some wacky shit going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: A lot of creeps that are staring at you and not talking to you. I think right. both of those could have been either um, solved or you know been delved in deeper to if you deigned to say, Hey, are you a ghost? And they, they don't say anything. Then you got double the evidence. But if they go, no, I'm just smoking a cigar. How come I can't smell <laughs> it? You're drunk.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. It's <laughs> probably the case. But there are two things. I'm, not, I'm
1: not saying that's what happened. You can't
0: disprove it. I can't, yeah, I can't prove it. Any ghosts? Disprove. most it's ghosts, true. we can't disprove as a whole. We can disprove sightings. Exactly. Yeah. I f- did not fit the bill. The only thing that was on my side Was that I was not the only person to experience that? Right, that does add credence when you have more than one person. Like we had alcohol in our systems, sure, probably a lot of it, and we had. um, uh, And you also have a predisposition
1: uh, to seeing um, haunted entities. I think the very fact that you are so um, solidly in the camp of believing they exist, you're going to seek them out, and more things are going to look like you to being haunted than to me probably because when you're a hammer everything looks like a nail so if i don't believe there's ghosts at all i will usually attribute weird things i see to different reasons but when you see them you will probably be faster to me on average um, ascribing as it to a haunting or some kind of paranormal activity than i would even if you are correct about it you might go to that well faster than i would i'd imagine
0: yeah I don't think for two seconds when i talked about a ufo story before this i didn't think off the bat holy shit, man, it's going down. And then I was like, all right, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> right,
1: yeah. You happen to know a lot more about uh, air travel than you do about yeah. um, apparitions though, I think. Yes. Uh, even though you know is, a lot about both, I don't mean to uh, disregard. It is
0: true. You. The only thing that would make me lean towards more of the ghost, like I said, is I'm a very spiritual person. I feel very connected to something else all the time. Mm-hmm. And I may even make decisions off of those feelings, which is not sure. smart but um but i'm always feeling around and it it started even after i mean there's times in between the stories where i would sit by a candle when i was again 10 years old and and like just imagine things and meditate and feel stuff and get scared because i'm just sitting at a candle like i kind of did weird things as a kid Mm -hmm. Um, and it all stuck oh we
1: all did weird shit like that i remember yeah i think um talking to you know spirits or whatever just just genuinely getting yourself riled up i mean i to do, mm-hmm. love doing shit like that you know you when you're a kid you just go into the woods and just you know you don't want to get scared but you kind of do like you, you kind of do want to see oh, something yeah. fucked up but not that bad like you can escape yeah. it but you walk into the woods at night with your friends and you, you kind of do want something to go to go wrong just to be like yeah. an exciting freaky thing to happen um, I mean, I yeah, when I was a kid, we'd walk around our uh, aunt's old house with flashlights and we'd try to find a yes. ghost or, I mean, you didn't really want to find one cause it'd be too scary, but you, you still kind of want to see one, you know, you're looking yeah. for
0: it. Or even, I mean, that brings us to uh, bloody Mary, bloody Mary, very famous ghost, very famous ghost, very scary. And I'm not sure if, I mean, just for the sake of the podcast, if we, if we were together, um, I would, I would do it with you, but I'm not, I, I still don't want to do Bloody Mary. It's terrifying.
1: I'll, I'll, when I'll, I'll put it on the list of things we'll have to do when we finally see each other <sighs> in person because i'll do that
0: episode 22 I dylan and talk. joe just do bloody mary in the mirror of dylan's bathroom <laughs> hey that'll be some short content for <laughs> you, you guys uh, mike can join L, us <laughs> mike L, that's only a minute long you can definitely watch that before you get away yeah you tomorrow. think so until she's chasing you around my house in the episode the last 45 minutes and then we got oh, a well, real pull i mean we should pray for that
1: work. we should pray for that kind of content that bloody mary really comes out and kills one of us that'll be a story
0: Well, the house behind you is probably as old as the house I live in, so.
1: So when it comes to uh, haunted houses, there's obviously hundreds and thousands of cases of them all around the world. Uh, But really, for the most part, um, the more popular ones have been within the last 200 or so years. I mean, there's a myriad of reasons why that could be. Uh, When people picture a ghost in a house, they're usually wearing like uh, late, you know, it's nineteenth century Victorian clothes or they're wearing farm gear. like they they never look like they're wearing, uh, you know tribal gear, even though so many of the stories have to do with uh, Indian burial grounds and things like that. Usually, when you picture a ghost, it's a guy with his top hat and his head's fallen off or whatever. That's the classic image of a Victorian society.
0: Houses like, you know, a little bit a little bit after that?
1: So what a uh, festival
0: attire. I mean, I've yet to hear of a ghost that's like, you know, the Molly Age festival. Day yeah, no no raver ghosts. I haven't seen that yet. What's yeah. up with that? Why is,
1: how come no one's wearing Heelys and you're a ghost? I mean, people <laughs> yes. must have died wearing Heelys. And you have an unfinished business if you ran into traffic wearing Heelys. You must be a ghost if that's how it works <clears throat> on the side of the road. Um, the forlorn hitchhiker wearing Heelys. Anyways. So what I was more afraid of when I was a kid than ghosts was demons, because I was so into the the clergy, as I were, is that ghosts are scary because they're, uh, to me, they were dead people or, you know, people who aren't, aren't passed on all the way, which is scary in itself, because a lot of times you hear the ghost story, it's not just the little kid who got drowned in the bathtub, it's the guy who hacked his family up with an axe or something like that, like The Shining. Um but I was more scared of demons because there are these spirits that are from hell and they could possess your body. And, you know, I didn't hear a lot of the spirits doing that. Spirits were throwing teapots around the house. But, I mean, seeing movies like The Exorcist and things like that as a kid freaked me the hell out because I really did too. believe that, we, that a demon could take over your body and <clears throat> take you over. And they're intricately tied to the idea of spirits because a lot of the times when houses are haunted, uh, for lack of a, a better word, haunted, uh, spirits have visited them they'll have a uh, paranormal, uh, you know, investigators come in and try to decide, is this a, is this a lost soul? Is this a nice spirit? Is it a demon? Maybe the house has demons in it. And that's the worst because now there's no, you know, redemption for them. They're only evil. They want to hurt you. They want to take over your body. They want to hurt your little kids. They want to do bad stuff. And uh, to me, uh, demons is a whole other uh, issue in itself. That's why you bring the priests in, you got the exorcism going on. This house got bad juju. And usually they're tied so closely together, but, In my head, they shouldn't be, right? If one Mm. of your relatives gets, uh, maybe a tragic death happens and they're passed on, they become a ghost. It's strange to tie that so closely to demons from hell uh, haunting the house. I mean, it's kind of like under this whole umbrella of unexplained, whether it's uh, a poltergeist, which is usually uh, associated with only actions. I mean, poltergeist literally means noisy ghost in German. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, <clears throat> associating with an, an individual, like, you know, John Smith was walking around the house and he always, you know, stomps up the stairs. It's a poltergeist. Or it's clearly like, oh, there's the nice old lady in the garden. She's the ghost of the old lady. She doesn't mean any harm. And then there's the idea of demons, you know, they're going to be taking you over. They bring in Catholic priests in. That, I mean, I think it wasn't until even the last 20 or so years that they stopped performing exorcisms in the name of the Catholic Church. So, one of the most prominent religious organizations in the world, was still sanctioning officially the same way you'd sanction a funeral or a wedding. They would sanction an exorcism. They'd have a couple of priests, hopefully more than one walk in there. And then they would see this, whoever they are, usually, you know, on a bed or in a chair, whoever's been afflicted, and they would perform an exorcism on them. And it's so strange to me how closely that is tied with a paranormal thought because one of them, is a personal experience going on in the house maybe you have a historian involved maybe you have you know paranormal investigators or mediums come in and the other one you're calling papa pope and the catholic church coming and spraying holy water all over your kid it just seems so odd to me
0: uh, my first story because uh is this this boy says to his father dad is our house haunted and the father just replied they can't they can't hurt you son which is important because you just because you mentioned extra you mentioned demons? Yeah, and ghosts.
1: Yeah. And if you
0: have a ghost in the in the classical, most romantic way in your house, um, they mm-hmm. can scare you, but they can't touch you or harm you, whereas a mm-hmm. demon um, would <clears throat> would terrify us. Uh, sorry, is able to possess your body and make you do things or whatever it is. It's somewhere so in- a ghost
1: in- is more of like the, the
0: psychological uh, kind of scare, and a
1: demon is a physical manifestation of the evil and actually harms you exactly. Coming up right. with things right like um, that- starvation, uh, self harm, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, self harm. Like uh, eventually, in The Exorcist, it can you know, we've seen the movies and like Emily Rose and whatever it is, it can kill you. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't want to get too much into exorcism just because. No, not no, be at all. But it's another it's, topic. It's, but it is <clears>
1: tragic. I mean, many people yeah. in recent history, you know, within the last hundred years, have died um during exorcisms, and you can ascribe that to, you know, the demon took their life, or you can ascribe it to whatever else could have happened in a house full of people. Where uh, usually mm-hmm. it's a child uh, is dead. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a whole other yes, issue. They're, they're spiritually more susceptible to this, and and somewhere in the middle, like you said, is a poltergeist because poltergeists throw shit, start fires, whatever it is. So it's like. Poltergeists can affect the physical realm by not just scaring you, but actually affecting the building or yourself. I or see. So, so a ghost Demons. is more of
1: like uh, you can you can witness them or hear them, but they they're not physically affecting <clears throat> your environment. But a poltergeist, yeah, there's a lot is. of
0: yeah, there's a lot of like pictures of like um, ghosts that appear in photos of like a, you know, there's this woman who was murdered in this house, and there's a picture of her at the top of the staircase and a big Victorian thing, and it's that's it though. Like she's just scary, but she's not going to actually you know touch you or whatever it is um, and I'll get into my story in a second but another important one that I think is two other categories of ghosts that I believe in too are orbs um, where you can see these little tiny balls I just they're balls of light but they're balls of energy and a lot of times in photos of the dead or well, in- they're balls of light but they're balls of energy where, where is that coming from we, we know, know. they're balls
1: of light we for sure know that because of the images right but we don't know they're balls of energy for sure that's coming it?
0: from me i mean everything is energy when the they, you know that's what they one of the things with death is what's one of the laws of physics that i can't can't explain right now is like energy uh, yeah it, it's called the it's conservation transform. of uh matter
1: energy cannot be and matter cannot be neither created nor destroyed so right right it, you can't actually energy just moves it doesn't really uh like just fizzle out even though it right just, but it's, where
0: it is but con- but it all comes down to the consciousness and the soul and and no one can explain that yet true so um, i think that's, corpse- that's a big part
1: of it though it's a huge maybe that's more of the idea okay yeah the
0: idea to me is that it's consciousness in the soul and we don't really understand that Mm -hmm. yet this other dimension so there is
1: in your mind there's a separation between the orbs and ghosts because i always figured that the ghosts were a a manifestation of the spirit and that's all you can see in a photograph for example here's an orb it's really a a dead person but Mm -hmm. it looks like an orb but are you saying that that's different than a ghost it's it's completely a separate entity
0: I think it's a spectrum. An orb would be something that's like not the full person, but it's like that's 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 the soul, that's the consciousness, that's the whatever okay. it is that's there. and you can see we'll get into Ouija boards later, but they're right, yeah. use infrared cameras and that type of stuff to see things that literally zip right into the Ouija board then it starts moving. YouTube videos they're out there. Mm. Could be bullshit, but I'm just saying the orb thing interesting and weird. a lot of photos of orbs. and then last <laughs> um, last two are basically all the senses. so smells. Um, when say a relative, a lost relative, all of a sudden you smell them in the house years later, and you smell their favorite food, or you know you're wandering around an abandoned mental institution, all of a sudden this like strong odor comes in, or whatever it is. And last but not least is of the human body, something they can also you know I believe is goes to our feelings, odd feelings, different. You mean like
1: sensation of touch, or do you mean like emotions? Touch. Okay, so um, actually feel, so feeling physically, not like you hurt my feelings,
0: like I'm feeling no, you. No, but okay. you can get like a sense of a crazy sense of doom. You can get a tightness in your chest, a... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, a so Does say that the temperature
1: change in a room, like it seems it's, it's colder than it should be? Yes,
0: yeah, they, the temperature drops 20 degrees out of nowhere type of thing. This is a fun story that um, I got a, from a book about uh, uh, 50. It's called 50 Real American Ghost Stories by M.J. Wayland, um, and it's a uh, if anybody needs a good book to read to their spouse or their kids or their dog, um, it's great because most of them are short stories. Um, but, nice. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's kind of fun to read stories around then. This this story is called The Haunted Bedstead, and it was oh, written in Bedstead. 1889. 1889. event. And about an event that took place in eighteen seventy, and
1: uh, whereabouts are we talking about here? This uh, we're law.
0: we're actually talking about Houston, Texas. All right, um, that's the center of all this stuff. And um, and what the important thing is is there were like presidents and people in D.C. who saw ghosts before the story, or in the early eighteen hundreds, or whatever it is. But the media didn't start picking it up until actually right about then. Um, mm-hmm. and then ghosts well, there's and- a huge
1: surge in um, the spirituality and, and uh, seances and things like that in mm-hmm. the mid 1800s. It wasn't just as much as that people were uh, more readily hearing about these stories, which it was because the printing press is coming out. But it, literally, it was a fashionable thing to have your friends over and do seances. It kind of reminds me of like a gender reveal parties. It was a cool hip thing to be into Ouija boards and mm-hmm. contacting the dead. So it wasn't just the, the fact that people were knowing about it more, the public in uh, hmm. Europe and in the United States, as far as I know, were genuinely more interested in spirits than they had ever been in record history. I mean, people mm-hmm. were having parties, they were getting hired, they were hiring psychics, they were hiring mediums. I mean, people were into this shit. It does not surprise me that the president at the time was into it too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, and, and a cool thing about what you just said too is that um, there's a guy named William James, and he was the first person in America, again, in, it, it, other countries especially like edinburgh scotland is one of the most haunted places on earth mm-hmm. um but in america william james was the first person to actually do scientific experiments um with things like seances and ouija boards and interesting um, all of those things and he disproved almost all of them in the 1800s so it was a big thing and then he took it to the next level and said i'm going to bring like the scientific uh, method into this um worth and, and doing i'd say it. Yeah, what's up with all this stuff? But uh, that doesn't stop all these, a lot of these things from going into the into into the papers and for people to read about them. So sure, let's, yeah, let's let's hear about the story. Yeah, so we're back here really in, uh, in, so the story again was written in 1889, but it took place in 1870, um, in uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, a prominent merchant and banker from Galveston, Texas, owned a hotel in Houston. And what this guy did is he bought a bunch of furniture from New Orleans. Um, used. Some nice, good old Saver's furniture. Um, Except that it was high. New quality. Orleans is another
1: hotbed of hauntings. It and is kind a hotbed of hauntings, old world uh, voodoo, and you know, dark magic and things like that. New Orleans, voodoo very. And, there are a lot of haunted uh, houses in New Orleans as
0: well. A lot of haunted houses, voodoo, and the only vampire that still is alive is living in New Orleans. We'll get that. That is episode, interesting. Guys. We got that's a good teaser <laughs> for our vampire episode. We're <laughs> for episode, tough. we'll get there. Um We'll get to is. all these. I know we keep
1: saying we're going to like, We'll <laughs> get to all of them at some point. You can't blow we'll up. In the first two months,
0: you know? So, um, so about the bedstead, so this guy owns this hotel, wants to refurb the rooms, um, does some sort of a, a used furniture place. Um, it says very specifically, these were very high quality, expensive pieces.
1: Buy you um, chairs,
0: are us? I think was the name. Exactly, and and the fact that he had to have them shipped from New Orleans all the way to Galveston. I mean, it's not close. It's not far. I mean, it's that's that it seems drive. like the cheap
1: option, especially in the late eighteen hundreds, to be shipping them states over. But he must have got some kind of crazy deal with.
0: Well, the, is it, well, hey, hey, you hang, you don't spoil it yet. Oh, um, I'm sorry, I don't know the story. So, I don't know. Jump on. So this. it's you know this is back in the time of furniture was all high quality handmade, you know, good. No, stuff. you buy it for life,
1: right? You don't buy, it for, buy it for life, yeah. So years.
0: furniture would cycle around a little more than it would now, like IKEA. So
1: sure.
0: So um, so we're in Houston. He gets all his furniture. Area. One of the bedsteads, which I think is funny, because that does that mean bed? like
1: bed Oh, uh, in bedstead. I've I don't never know. heard of that. I've never heard I the mean, like, phrase homestead. either. But, uh, but what yeah. I would assume is that it means like, um, like an inn, a bedstead is a place where you would rest your head at night, like a homestead is your home. A that's bedstead, I, thought, I would yeah. think is a place that you would like, like an inn or a motel where you'd, you'd pay to rest for the evening hmm. or whatever. That's just me using context because I've never heard that phrase before.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I mean, the story isn't about like the whole hotel. It's about one room oh uh, okay so the bedstead
1: might just mean the hotel room but they wouldn't have called it a hotel room because it wasn't a hotel maybe
0: yeah maybe our haunted bedstead sounds better it was a hotel um so sorry oh, well, it was
1: called a hotel within this in the story yeah. okay
0: gotcha gotcha Yeah. All right. so um so we'll get into uh room number 37 so 37 uh room number 37's bed it was a little different the one that he bought um same thing super nice uh but the headboard itself had really dark stains on it um, and the, the new owner of this new bed, uh, he tried to remove those stains and he said he couldn't get them out. So whatever, you know, they're not really bothering anybody. And the first guy to sleep in that bed was a, uh, it says he was a, a farmer type of guy worked right down somewhere. Um oh you know sorry not farmer he was a cattleman and he said specifically that this guy had the imagination um of like a shovel like the guy had just just think of like 1800s cattleman who's got no creativity no mm. not not the type of guy who's going to like make up stories or whatever he's you know. all business and no uh, <clears throat> no joking around this guy yep and around lights out time um uh, everyone f- woke up to that room number 37 with this guy banging and screaming on the door they ran up there and he said i don't know what you know he's not doing he's not i don't know this guy's not alive or whatever it is and everyone's like what's happening and and he described this this man laying in bed next to him when he turned the lights out that had um his throat cut ear to ear and and that's the story of that guy so a couple days later um Jeez, this,
1: that would freak me uh, oh for the record i i guess i looked it up bedstead just means uh the whole the whole bed frame minus the mattress so that would mean the headboard yeah, but and yeah legs. okay yeah okay. so it is so the not, one bedstead yeah okay so, right so is that particular uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know bed yeah. frame as we'd call it with the headboard and all that good stuff
0: room 37's whole bed just the bed itself um yeah gotcha. Minus the mattress, as you mentioned. So
1: (laughs) that's what I—that's what it sounds like. Yeah.
0: Yep. So again, we're describing a white man with his throat cut, ear to ear. Uh, A few days later, um, a woman decided to to get room number thirty-seven and i'm so sure they then, didn't mention
1: to her the uh the reaction of the man earlier nope, not mm-hmm. yet
0: because they kind of just maybe the guy was crazy or whatever it is hey
1: so who know. knows i probably wouldn't have said that either i've been like just so you know the guy saw an apparition whose head was sliced uh, from <laughs> her necklace from ear to ear anyways uh anyway there's mints on the pillow and if you need anything uh, just call yeah down. yeah yeah exactly yeah this room might be haunted yeah. but just i wouldn't say that either to be fair to them
0: yep so um same thing lady freaks out in the middle of the night uh and says the same story there's a there's a there's a man in my bed and he's, he's dead he's cut ear to ear the same um, story. so she also sees the same
1: injury and the same man in the bed that is very creepy exact same story so and so they, the older, they didn't
0: know each other so this is these are stories are independent of random each. people mm-hmm. independent stories so this is this is building a good case for being something that's
1: it working. is especially if they didn't tell her about it that way they didn't feed her any information beforehand
0: Right, granted that is, she yeah.
1: didn't already know about the story beforehand and booked the room specifically for the idea of seeing when this it, person.
0: It brings up a good the next point is that the owner's number one concern was the reputation of the hotel, he didn't want this to, to scare away customers, so he wanted to figure this out once and for all, right? To make this so, go away. yeah, like
1: nowadays in particular, you might actually make more money off of the story, but back then, mm-hmm. because people were so, um. You know, sheltered and spooked by the idea, it would be yeah. terrible for business to think that people were going to be visited in the night by a man who's had his neck sliced
0: open by whatever. Exactly. I mean, good example is the Lizzie Borden house in Bedford, Massachusetts. She like killed her, someone with a shotgun, and she supposedly still is in the house. Do um, you kill her with a shotgun? I I, I was always on the impression that she gave her father 40 wax,
1: and when she saw what she had done, she gave her mother 41. Sorry. I mean, I that's confused. the rhyme, right? How
0: dare yep. you? It's an axe. Yep. That's exactly the story. I was confusing another story, thinking that there's three and there's the there's one in never mind. We'll get into that. But yes, that's the story, guys. Joe nailed it. Joe nailed it. We'll throw Lizzie Borden <laughs> up on the, the... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go look her up. And then that's basically the story. It's pretty horrifying. But another great haunting case, which is unfinished business, traumatic deaths, tragedy. Yeah. A lot of times it's family tragedy, I find too. It's not mm-hmm. often the, the you know the stranger with the hook hand from the highway comes in and kills you in your hotel room it's more Slashling often that,
0: slasher yeah the hashling I mean, slasher
1: yeah exactly it's more often
0: that we'll
1: put him up there that's like slasher but, yeah uh yeah. no but it's more often that dad comes downstairs and throttles mom to death and it's a very awful thing to see and uh yeah. and then your life is a, a terrible life after that
0: yeah, except for the john stone inn in ashland he uh lost a he lost a game or a bet downstairs the owner and he uh smashed it he like smashed the guy's head in with a rock or or got in a fight and killed the guy in the basement at the restaurant in ashland you can go there today i've been there a bunch of times it's fucking awesome and a picture of him picture of john stone is on the mantle and it's an original photo from from those times and his name was john
1: stone and he murdered a man with a rock
0: get to we'll get the real story up i just have been there and it's either he punched him and got a fight or mm-hmm. smashed his head or buried him in the rock, something. But his name is John Stone. John, John Stone Inn in Ashland, Mass. Was a hotel, bar, restaurant on the railroad track right there that led to Boston. Wow. Um, but he had a gambling in the basement and, and accidentally killed a guy. And it's haunted. And there might be a bloody dress in the attic as well. We'll get there. But um, he, oh, that, he didn't it. kill his wife. He killed a, he killed a, a, a dude. Um, but anyway, so haunted place. He's on the, he's on the mantle and you can look at the picture you're looking at him. mean, it does freak you out. It's very scary. So, so so, Wacky. so the end of right, this, let's get back to the, yeah, the back, back to, uh, back to the haunted. We're, we're, in, we're in Houston here. We're in Houston. Guy number one's freaked out. Chick number two, chick, chick number one is also freaked out. She went mental over the exact same thing, exact same story. So very the, owner, strange. the owner's yeah, number thing. one concern is he does not want this reputation for his hotel. Cause he's going to lose money. So, um, what he did is he slept there. He went into room number thirty-seven. He laid in the bed, and as soon as he dimmed the lights, guess who shows up?
1: The hatchling slasher.
0: Pretty much. Well, the guy with the yeah. head,
1: the guy with the neck, the side. guy
0: with the head. Yeah, yep. Yeah. His neck, neck man shows up, and he's the, he takes it calmly, and. He looks at him and same thing. Gushed, <laughs> he goes, you're a big pain in my wallet, sir. I'm so <laughs> glad i have met you here today. Good, I sir. want you out by the morning. Yes, exactly. So, and then he, what he does is he turns the light back up and he sees him slowly disappear. And he turns the light back down and he starts to reappear again, this dead guy in the bed with the... You're with the, afraid the of loud. the light. The light will stop when the light when it gets dark he shows up and when it gets Mm -hmm. light he's scared of the light like Mm -hmm. the more you can
1: see the less (laughs) you can see of him and the less you can see the more you can see
0: of this uh, apparition as it were exactly so he's interesting combination scared out of his fucking mind but approached it pretty calmly and so the the next day what he did is he removed some of that wood that had the dark stains on it um the wood on the bedstead uh, on the beds on the headboard of the bedstead and had those spots uh analyzed um and it was blood, human blood. Um, and he burned, he, he got he got the
1: forensic team to, to spray luminol under it and put it under yeah, a the, microscope. Uh,
0: 1870, <laughs> sorry, the eighteen seventy <1870 laughs> FBI uh forensic. They're, they're like, Oh, CSI, yeah, yeah, yeah. CSI CSI Miami came in and they tried to limo. clean it with Clorox, <laughs> but we get the luminol in there, it glows like a fucking flashlight. We got him. Yeah, yep, the black light in eighteen seventy shows this <laughs> yeah. blood. Yep. No, um, I'm sure there's
1: more than one way to tell if it's just blood on wood, even hundreds of years ago. Have you ever
0: looked at blood in a microscope?
1: Uh, yes, uh, yeah. during biology class, they yeah. had those those like slides with them, and it, but it was you know dried up. It wasn't like uh, fresh yeah, blood.
0: It's still pretty clear what blood looks like under a microscope. It's a big. Mm-hmm. Look, you can see just the blood cells. They're red blood cells and they're wet, red circles. I did it. Oh, yeah. rec- I did. It, I bought a microscope recently to view things. And oh, that's um, cool. I don't know you did. it. It's really fun. Um. Uh, so. So yeah, that's a um, part of yeah. what they did. They probably put it on, they probably put the wood under
1: a microscope. Um, yeah. Whatever. The, I mean, Houston is a pretty big city. They probably had a couple of them down at the uh, the mm-hmm. precinct there, even back then.
0: Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Especially with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre going on and stuff like that. Well, that wouldn't be for some time <laughs> after <laughs> that, that story. 1870 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, we, for all we know, it was the scythe. Texas ty- scythe massacre happened before that on that property. We don't know the spirits were. But anyways, so long story short. He, There's um, a lot of stories that are fucked up, man. Fucked up, they man. Really so are. he he burnt the bedstead. Um, he then, burned it. After he found out there was blood on it, he said, I'm burning. Well, he took the blood off. Then he's like, I got to burn this fucking thing. And, um, yeah, why even take the oh, blood off? Just burn the whole thing. and like, a waste of time. You know? Did I mention that it was a third of the cost? Uh, of that the average room. bed? all the other rooms oh, were, the, oh, the bedroom room. you could pay a third same bed, bed. Calm, huh? one of them was cheaper and that was this bed so how
1: did they justify do you think that it was that much cheaper or they just wouldn't tell people they just say well, well what he did is he got in touch
0: class. he got in touch with the the place he bought it from and said hey uh, anything wrong with that bed no like no we just he's like well what did, did you know any stories they called the police well it's he like well
1: a- it's saturated with blood all over it you should at least know what <laughs> yeah, that is you right notice that? Yeah. oh no no nothing wrong with it there's blood splatter all over the headboard you don't know anything about that oh it's fine we didn't hear anything bad about it did you <laughs> yeah, bash a man's head in on this thing and then sell it to us for a hotel you <laughs> fucking asshole yeah you have to yes, find out certainly. the hard way. We're seeing a guy. Well, actually, should I say, did you slit a guy's throat open? From <laughs> you might
0: have, from, you're, might you're have some
1: evidence here from beyond the grave that, that can pin you to this.
0: Yeah. So he got in touch with those guys. They the exact conversation just happened. Mm. Um, they go, same, we don't know what you're talking about. And since it's old, old nice furniture, it just it traveled from place to place, uh, and they don't really know where it originated. So when
1: they got it, perhaps it already had the blood stain on it when they received it
0: yeah so like, happen well that's i think that. that's definitely the case because a furniture store sounds like it sort of sold it to them or a wholesale type of thing yeah yeah um, they weren't holding
1: on to it so it they, wasn't like one hotel t- gave it to another hotel they were dealing furniture i see
0: yeah yeah exactly so maybe the, the the hotel that sold it to the furniture place um is the place that it was murdered and they're like well we're gonna make a buck off of it so i might as well sure it. yeah um, it
1: makes something sense like that
0: so that's a uh, that's a story from 1870 when it, we're at the you know the pretty much the height of ghosts in america um mm-hmm. in Um, And that's a... a Correlates
1: pretty closely with the uh, popularity of seances and the spiritual movement in the mid-1800s. Coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. Speaking of creepy, I wanted to dive into one of the most famous American hauntings, and that is the Amityville haunting. In good old Long Island kid, okay, guy?
0: <laughs>
1: come on down to Long Island. We got expensive houses. We got suburbia. If you want to raise a family, come on out here in Long Island. You can buy a house for uh, 80 grand. It's actually worth 120 grand, but unfortunately, an
0: entire family was murdered with a gun here. It's the, uh, it's the New Yorker dream is to be from the city, and then the day you decide it's time to start a family, you move to Long Island. Ask any of them.
1: So that's where the house is. It has those um, what they've called the eyes of the house uh, in years past because it, it just looks so haunting, the the, the street view of uh, the house kind of staring back at you like it's that haunted. So the Amityville story. Any oh, sorry, locals
0: in the area want to know, you can find an almost identical house in York, Maine in the village. Less haunted, I presume. If you don't feel like driving to Long Island from Rhode Island or from... Main, from wherever the wherever you are if you're on the east coast there's there's some this style up there
1: it would be cool to have a house of that style and not uh need to be so closely associated with that uh that awful place which we'll dive into right now mm. so yeah amyville it's, it's a town in long island new york and um we're rolling around towards the mid 70s here when this story takes place is the family called the DeFeo family uh it's a you know, like Dylan said, a classic New York dream, suburbia, an Italian family in Long Island, buying a house and trying to raise them all together. They had their own uh, automotive business. They would uh, mechanics, repair cars, things like that. Um, and there were, there were six of them. Uh, there's there's five of them rather, uh, including the, the husband and wife uh, with six altogether. So the DeFeo family um, those the stories tell it all strange ways because most people usually hear it from the crime scene people don't know these people beyond their neighbors or their family and friends uh, they find out about it from the crime scene they go what what is happening here what a horrific event so what, what happens is that on the night of November 13th 1974 the eldest son of the family Ronald DeFeo Jr. Um, kills his entire family with a rifle and the, strange, the stranger part than a son of a family murdering his entire family is the fact that they find all the bodies in their beds, kind of suggesting that either no one woke up and reacted to this murder spree with a rifle in a suburban town, or that they were perhaps killed beforehand and placed in their beds, which they never proved one way or the other. The crime scene suggested that... They were all killed in their beds while sleeping, as if a rifle makes zero sound at all, or if you're Can I ask a them.
0: question? Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that the oldest boy killed his family mm-hmm. in this house? Who is Ryan
1: Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds is an actor who plays Deadpool <laughs> and Van Wilder,
0: and he's one of. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> he's the second most attractive Ryan of the film industry versus uh, yes. Ryan Costling and then Ryan. Oh, yeah, I think at Everyone knows fight. that. That's but, a close um, fight. Close fight. But anyways, but it, w- what's that fucking movie about? Is he's not because he's like the father. Are you going to get there? Because in the Amityville I, horror movie, I think father. When you're, when you're talking about the Amityville
1: horror, yeah, in the Amityville horror, um, I haven't seen the one with Ryan Reynolds in it. Um, but most of what the Amityville horror movies are about is the family that moves in after these murders have happened. Okay. So the, yes, house the, yeah, the house is not haunted Yeah, the house is currently not haunted because nothing bad's happened there. It's built, you know, probably in the late 60s, early 50s uh, when, you know, suburbia is spreading out. Long Island it still is, but especially was back in the 60s and 70s. It was suburbia. You get a little bit of cash. You bring your family out there and you can be rich and own your own home. And all you own is a, is a car dealership. You have six kids. You can own a house that's now worth $800,000. Pretty, pretty decent deal in the 70s to own a majorly huge house like this with a family full of kids. And you're, you know, I mean, mechanics, you know, they're nothing to scratch at. You make, you make some money there, but you have a family that big. You're owning a house that large. It's, it's impressive. And the mother didn't work either, of course, because it's the 70s.
0: Of course, I do. I do think... That that house itself is older than that. Uh, you're probably right about that. I, I yeah. actually don't know. I believe. I, I believe have to imagine. Um, I house... thought it was
1: more of that, like Levitt Town post World War II rebuilding suburbia uh, kind of expansion that happened after the GIs came back and built out a lot of what Long Island is now, which is a major suburban sprawl throughout of it. Maybe house, maybe I'm wrong. The
0: house that. the house was built in 1927.
1: 1927. So that's well before, Mm -hmm. about 50 years before all this. But it's a good,
0: it's a good estate. So you'd see that common. It doesn't have any neighbors now. It's probably that that every town in Long Island's packed now, and that's probably not how it was. That's a good
1: point. So at the time, it was probably the only house around the area, and it Mm -hmm. kind of built up around it. But it was built back in the 20s, which is long before most houses in That's Mm -hmm. that's a good point to bring up. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Uh, You know, I just made assumption about it instead of actually looking into it. Um. So yeah, so then the night of November 13, 1974, um, the son, the eldest son of the family, who's had um, uh, heroin problems and a lot of petty crimes in the past, he's had issues, the father of the family, uh, even those who are his neighbors understand that he is a notorious, abusive, drunk, he would beat the hell out of his kids, beat his wife, he'd come home angry, all the kids would lock themselves up in their rooms, I mean... They can come out to the church on sunday and act like this idyllic family and especially when they've all been murdered you can always paint them with a with a nice soft brush and say how tragic that this would happen to this beautiful nice cr- christian family they're all they all love each other and it's nice italian family and then and, and, what's going on here well it's evil afoot that they would all be murdered there's something up here but you look deeper into anything like this it's not as easy as that i mean this family was in shattered pieces i mean obviously you can't blame the family for this horrific multiple family annihilating murder that happened, but it wasn't all sunshine and roses. It wasn't just like, uh, some shadow came over them and some evil spirit possessed him to do this, even though he would go on to claim in late police interviews that it actually wasn't evil spirits. that made him do it. it happens a lot to serial killers that they say that someone made them do it. Oddly enough, it really does suck to admit that you murdered your entire family, but that's what happened. And, uh, that's how the Amityville case starts because this house, that's you know, gone for all this money and this beautiful neighborhood, beautiful home, beautiful family, all dead. Uh, the next morning, they uh, they arrest Ronald DeFeo Jr. He does admit to these crimes, uh, so he, and he is convicted of all six murders. They, they convicted him on second degree, like a crime of passion kind of deal, but. I can understand that he went into some kind of uh, psychosis or some kind of mental state that allowed him to do this, but it's strange to me that it would be second degree to say that it was a spur of the moment thing. When your entire family is sleeping at night and you load a rifle up, seems kind of premeditated to me, especially when you go from room to room shooting all of them, even though they haven't proved that that's how the crime was committed. That's what they convicted him on that. He went from room to room shooting his family members one by one. Um, One of the stories has his sister, um, helping him out with it, but this is all speculation. And she was murdered as well. So if she did help him, she didn't get the good end of that stick.
0: Anyways, yeah, it's really fucked up. And the um, so in the the Ryan the Ryan Reynolds version of the movie brings up again. It's 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 Hollywood. It does its thing. Yeah, but- even the
1: movie that came out a couple of years after this incident was still. It added a lot of wacky stuff to make it more exciting.
0: Exactly. So the. I don't think this is true, but there were so the he, they believe that or the movie is based on the fact that Ryan Reynolds is like not a bad dude. Then he shows up at the house, starts acting weird, starts getting more angry, starts being all fucked up, kills the dog first, the usual thing, um, and he's just being so odd. And it was the movie they kind of based on uh, the Indian Curse of Amityville or Amityville, um, and there's. A Long Island Native American expert named John Strong, who's the author of the book, We Are Still Here, Mm -hmm. uh, knows that there were many Indian groups who lived along the tidal bays in the area, but obviously can't confirm the uh, Native American burial ground or torture site or whatever the movie That that, A lot
1: of people do insinuate that it was built, this whole area was built on uh, Native burial grounds from Old Long Island. Yeah,
0: which isn't uncommon. They're pretty much everywhere. If you go across the united states um in the definitely the east coast um but that's in the the end of the movie you see this horrible scene where it's like this dungeon of like native american slaves and and that spirit is going up into ryan reynolds and um all that malice from beyond the grave seeping yeah and all that energy like we talked about earlier this negative energy um is just manifesting into into the uh the white american male Negative energy getting through
1: to <laughs> um, So, So the with, with with story that we're concerned with kicks in after this murder because no one in the family ever, uh, at least openly, de- described themselves as seeing any kinds of apparitions or any kinds of paranormal experiences. They're just regular family. Son wakes up one night, kills everybody. Uh, he goes to prison for life. So where the story gets the creepy Amityville horror part of it is when uh, the following year, in December of 1979, the Lutz family moves in. So it's another family looking for subor- suburban paradise. They look at this, they looked at this, I think uh, 40 or so houses. They look at this one, they, they think it's beautiful. It's worth 120 grand at the time. They can get it for 80 grand. And they know why, because it's a very famous house in the area. They know full well um, that this is the Amityville murder house, that the son has murdered his entire family there, that it is a tragedy. They're saving money on buying it. And none, no part of this, whether they put it in the movies or not, are they unaware of this entire situation? The parents, who are very religious, even to this day, uh, the father's still alive, they moved in this house being a highly religious family and knowing full well that there's been a family atrocity that's taking place here. And they're okay with that. They've made peace with the idea. This is their words. They thought that that's in the past now. We're going to have a new life for our family. We're going to renovate you know, the inside of the house and make it our own and this, that, and the other thing, uh, which is highly debatable to me that, that they that they didn't go into this fully understanding that they're going into the Amityville Horror House because within a year, it is exactly what you see in the horror movies as they explain it.
0: Perhaps George and Kathy Lutz did a sage and salt cleanse, sage and kosher salt cleanse of the house. Maybe you rid the spirits.
1: That very well could be, but them being <laughs> super into the, the, uh, Christianity, I can't imagine they'd use all that uh, hippie wicked stuff. That's style. a good, good They, they might, maybe some holy water and maybe some crucifixes on the wall. More of that, that kind of, of vibe. That, for everyone like knows
0: the, that doesn't work of course not <laughs> i mean all, all, the, all the good hunting going clockwise the throughout the house yeah the, the cross spins
1: upside down uh,
0: you yeah, know the you demon claw yeah, just tools can. just tools for the demons you don't want to give them any yeah, you're giving them, you're giving them weapons you don't want yeah that. so uh george george lutz was is ryan reynolds just I, yeah so that's, that's for those I'm, people yeah. who are trying to put this into a movie perspective right so yeah as far as they bought the house for dirt cheap Yes,
1: the the movie is about the second family moving, which is this Lutz family, which is the ones that experience the hauntings. Um, not so one family experienced true horror, and one experienced uh, spooky ghosts that made them move out and made them uh, a lot of money. But we'll get to that. So they, they move in uh, the Lutz what? family.
0: off that? We'll get in a second. Sorry,
1: they made a little bit of change off of it. Uh, so yeah they move in and they start to see um, strange things happening around the house they're hearing strange noises um, their kids are uncomfortable they're waking up with uh, scratches on their bodies uh, one of the windows slammed on his son's hand and he said that he had to uh, take him to the hospital because of the bruises there's all kinds of strange shit uh, and just a general idea of feeling off kind of like you said from that the story like there's an energy that's just a bad juju to the house like the, the kids are acting strangely the parents are fighting constantly and uh these kids are ending up hurt in all kinds of ways around the house um yeah and they're hearing noises they're having nightmares all the kind of things you'd associate with a haunted house especially knowing that what's gone on there and possibly even deeper in the past like you said in Indian burial ground that is not even part of the main story if that is part of it um of making this awful uh, experience in this house. And at some point they just say enough is enough. And um, they start to hire uh, paranormal investigators to visit the home because they they're out of options here. They can't understand what's going on here. And a lot of the times in these stories, people are at the end of their rope. They, they can't go to anyone, any normal authorities in the matter. You can't call the police on a ghost. You can't call a doctor on it. You just have to call in the closest thing you can get to an expert, which is often a self described paranormal expert because there is no way to be a paranormal expert because it's not a valid science. So you can be a paranormal expert, you can be a demonologist, you can be a medium, all just the same way you can be a palm reader. You teach yourself this skill set, whether it is true or not, and you declare yourself personally, I am this. It's always odd to me. It's almost like saying I'm a comedian or I'm, you know, a, a public, you know, speaker i'm a motivational speaker no one gives you the diploma that says you are officially this you've trained for this thing here you go you decide one day i am this and if you do it enough and you tell enough people you are that you become that it's not a like becoming a priest people. a priest and going to catechism you just are a demonologist because you study demons and you're an expert on them sorry go ahead
0: hmm. i was gonna say a lot of those people they um they build off of previous knowledge that's that's that could be a couple hundred years old or even more um but it's, it's, into, it's, it's so weird because I've done a lot of palm readings and I've had a lot of readings as well. And I can't say there isn't something behind it. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But you're just like really always, you would leave there always a little shocked. You know, not the one, not the first time I went when I went to uh, Witch's Woods. At I was there Valley. for that. You were there for that. And I wore a motorcycle jacket. And the lady was like, when you're an adult, you're going to have a large motorcycle collection. I was like, you got to be shitting me. How would it. she know that? I knew it. I was wow. like, Maybe she meant cars because I don't really like motorcycles. Not like that. I've I've heard some pretty weird stuff with them, but they focus on that like sixth sense. You know, you train your brain to like. Uh, you, there's different tools you can use to try to. There's little. Key, cues on each person that they can like yeah yeah are, are it's real. called cold reading
1: it's, yeah. you can
0: train yourself to do you can it train it's, yourself to do it, it. Yeah. i'm not saying
1: that people i mean in particular psychics or palm readers they're not not experts they are experts mm. they aren't experts on the the dead they're experts on tricking you into thinking mm. they are mm. they're very good at it uh, but there's no,
0: there's no, no signs. For it. It. There's no, 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 not at all. Not at all.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, in particular, the psychics are well-trained. I'm not saying that they're not good at their job. They're, they're very skilled at what they do. What they do is try to pick things apart from you and get answers from you in order to feedback what you want to hear and then draw you back in for a second round of this. And it's easier Um, to do it after multiple visits, because now you can build on the base that you've already built up. And cold reading is just the art of being able to guess things about somebody without knowing anything, Um, not being able to guess in the dark. It's reading off of their visual cues, their vocal cues, their social cues and what they're going to do. Uh, There's a man I'm thinking of, is there a man who's died in your life? Uh, And even if you don't think you're, you're showing any expressions, you, you are there's small expressions Mm -hmm. on your face, especially if you, went to the psychic with the express purpose of talking about someone who's died. You're going mm-hmm. there because you want to hear them say this. It's mm-hmm. not on you. I don't blame people who go to psychics, especially for past loved ones, because mm. people need to take solids any way they can. And if there's any chance you can talk to the spirit realm and your loved ones through this person, I would never take that away from somebody. I mean, they've experienced deep tragedy and they can deal with it whatever they, way they can in a way that makes them feel better about themselves. I totally respect that. I don't respect people who take that tragedy and that sadness and they twist it on itself and lie to people to extract money from them. That's where you mm-hmm. lose me. If mm-hmm. someone's lost their parents, their children, an accident. And you walk into a psychic and they tell you, Hey, uh, little Billy says he's okay. And he still loves you. I think you're a human piece of garbage and you should mm-hmm. uh, suffer for what you did. You should be <laughs> completely say you should be broke as a joke because you've taken this money from this poor parents who have suffered in this case, the deepest tragedy that most humans can imagine. Your child has been taken from you and they're, they're no longer with you You have to bury your kid. And this person, with a scarf on their head and a cute little crystal ball they bought from Christmas tree Shop is going to tell you what your dead child thinks of you? How fucking dare you? It makes me sick. It really does. And it's all well and good. People want to believe it. But the people who practice it are charlatans and they're they're thieves. And they don't just steal your money. They steal your spirit and your, your soul. And to, 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 to presume to talk to you as if they're your dead grandfather, as if they're your son. And to say, oh, he's telling me, he's telling me how dare you i mean it makes me really sick to my stomach that these people exist i can't fucking stand them
0: on future episodes dylan and joe do bloody mary and joe goes to a psychic where <laughs> no telltale signs and doesn't say a word and we're gonna see what they tell you I, I bet they can still get me pretty good i mean they, they, they still, people Let's still show everyone up and, you know we'll say yeah, see,
1: you, but I'll well, we'll get off my soapbox now. We'll start a
0: I, GoFundMe for the twenty bucks for for a nice, good old tarot card reading for Joe, and we're gonna oh, see what that comes of it. it
1: would be so underwhelming for me to go there. I know, want you to go, go. No, you're bummer. you're gonna
0: go there, and you're gonna shave your head bald, shave your beard, and you're gonna wear. We're gonna go to Savers and get you some camo clothes. Just get everything that isn't you, and we're gonna see, right and start to see if you can still guess Because they, yeah. they will, they, they will get can, you, Joe. All right, all right.
1: Well, I I, think, yeah. that's that's all well. Understood. I don't know
0: about the people who go. I sense uh, Thomas, and he says that he. Miss- I've never been to those fucking people.
1: Yeah, but grandma says she forgives you about how you stole yeah, all her money. She, and she's yeah, not for killing mad. her. Yeah,
0: exactly. She's not mad. She loves you. No, no. She I've never you. been to those. They're, they're fuck- never mad I've Never either. been to those people. They're but- never mad. They never either go. Yeah,
1: Tommy's talking to me. He says he still fucking hates you. Weird, enough, <laughs> right? Who's going to come back to that psyche? No one wants to hear that. It yeah, doesn't right. make any money if you tell them their mm-hmm. parents hate them. Now you have to tell them, you love you." Know, it's fine. It's all the same shit. Look at so, the look at the, what the, the it's incentive and action. We always talk about this. What's the incentive? What's the action for it?
0: We've got a logical person on the other line here, guys. Yeah, we got God. a not easily fooled or uh, with a critical thinker. I'm getting hot around around my priestly collar here. So the last
1: people who they brought in to investigate the paranormal activity at the Amityville house, the Lutzes did, they brought in a couple of people early on who said, uh, for example, there's this one society of people who are mostly uh, involved with vampirism. They were paranormal experts, but they mostly knew about vampires. Um, But they would investigate ghosts too. They had all the, whatever the paranormal tech is at the time. But they said, here's our service. We're completely free. You don't have to pay for us to come in there but we publish everything we find. So if we go in there, we do our research and we find that there's something paranormal going on and we publish that and we let people know about it. If we come in here and we find that there's no evidence for it at all, we also publish that. And that is when the Lutzes said, uh, we don't want this going public. You're going to publish our information. This is our family. This is our personal house. We don't need you. We need your help. We don't need you publishing in this left and right, spreading our information for the world. We just need help from people. We don't need you spraying our name all over the press we don't need that forget you and they said okay you don't want our help fine we're going to take the warrens the most famous psychological experimenting duo in the world at the time to help us investigate and we're subsequently going to write a book so so far i mean so much for keeping it private they got the most famous paralogical or paranormal rather experts in the country to come in after that person so a little bit sketchy to me that you didn't want to be in public because they said we'll publish it if there's nothing there now lucky for them the warrens make their bread on it on there always being something there because they're so good at investigating they always find their perpetrator which is always at every single house they go to strangely enough man they're good at
0: picking houses
1: well yeah they're exactly they're very good at picking houses they don't pick the wrong ones So that brings me into the Warrens, which are, uh, the last subject I want to talk about to move into the idea of paranormal investigation. Uh, so we have the Warrens, we know them famously from now the conjuring series. They're pretty famous in America now for being these investigators. Mm. Uh, it's a married couple, also hyper-religious, uh, the husband, Ed Warren, he's a self-taught and self-professed demonologist. So he studies the, uh what demons are and how they can possess you and possess a home and how to exercise demons uh, ostensibly. Uh, now lucky for him, he married Lorraine Warren, who is actually a clairvoyant and a medium. So a man dedicating himself to studying demons and the unknown, luckily married a woman who is able to communicate with the dead and hear spirits. So that's, that's a, a ghost hunting power couple. If I ever heard one and boy, do they ghost hunt? Um, they, they go throughout the late 50s into almost modern day with their ghost hunting. They start the uh, NSP, NESPR, the New England Society for Psychic Research, in 1952. And they're off to the races since then. From their big hits, they have uh, the Annabelle case. That's in 1968. The Warrens claim that they're Raggedy Ann doll that belongs to them. <laughs> Is possessed by a spirit of a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. Now, if like you said, they know how to pick a case and they know how to get the right ones. And what are the odds? A doll they have in their house, and they're ghost experts, is possessed by the spirit of a dead young child, and it was just there the whole time. But because there are ones a clairvoyant and ones a demonologist, they found it out, and that starts their skyrocket to fame and being the best ghost researchers in the world. The case that made them Amityville, 1975, the Warrens, unlike other paranormal investigators, police officers, researchers that went in there, all naysayers. They don't know what they're talking about. Bring in the experts. They claim that it is indeed haunted by a malicious spirit or maybe multiple malicious spirits. Now, the Lutz family... Um, made uh, around $300,000 on the book deal that they wrote with the journalist who told the story of the Amityville Horror. Unfortunately, they were screwed out of that movie money. They didn't get to make the money off the movie, just the book. So the, the people who made the money on the movie made a lot more than the Lutzes, but don't worry because the parents of that family dedicated their life to scraping every single penny out of that story they could. And when his wife died and she wasn't all about the, the case of the Amityville Horror, don't worry. The husband still does speeches at... um horror events conventions he'll still go in there and he's more than happy to tell you everything that happened in that house the one year he lived there and he more than paid for the house within the time that he lived because he went in there knowing it's a haunted house he said it's a haunted house he made a book deal with the haunted house and it's haunted baby and my kids that got injured there's no hospital reports of them ever going to the hospital um Anything that's within that house, it's strange to think of a family that's on the the outs moving into a new place. It's a stressful environment. Any new house, any new family, a lot of things can go wrong. And I think that can be explained pretty easily with your kids hitting your hands and scraping their backs and your family feeling a little bit off, unless you're very dedicated to making the story what it is, which is that it's a haunted house and we're being haunted and we're being paid for it.
0: Well, Joe, how does that explain... One of the team members on the team Warren uh, named Gene Campbell, who uh, captured this, one of the most, uh, probably the most haunted photograph of all time. What do you think Oh, would that? you
1: like to tell that story about the photograph? Because you're speaking to, we'll, we'll put it up on the, on the podcast here. He's speaking about a picture that uh, it seems to be a child on the banister, even though they made very clear in their description of it that there was no children allowed in the house on the day of the investigation that the Warrens went there. The Lutzes gave them the keys, as they say, and uh, the whole family wasn't there, so there was no kids allowed. And there was a famous picture that came up. So, you know, we don't have um, time elapsed cameras uh, or, or sensitivity cameras like we do now. This camera was set to take pictures every uh, couple minutes or so?
0: Something like that, yeah. It was an automatic infrared forward-looking camera. Um, mm-hmm. And... I'm not sure the mechanism they used to have it take automatic photos, but yeah, it sounds like that. It was every couple of minutes, it would take a photo. And yeah, it wasn't a, motion a,
1: triggered. It was like no. every so often it would take a
0: picture. Yeah, yeah. And they had the photo, they had the camera placed uh, in the upstairs hallway, kind of looking at all the bedrooms. And as you see with the photo that we have above us here, um, there's a picture of the boy who they speculate to be the murdered child, John DeFeo, the one of the original kids who was killed. Yes.
1: Yes. And, and it's, speculate it's uh, being uh, quite the frankly, key word the most
0: haunted look, I mean, the most famous ghost photo uh, in America. And I would probably say that's probably true.
1: I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. Um, um, but that, that's what always gets me there is, is what you just said right here. Uh, you can't prove that. You, uh, no, you can't explain what that is. No, I can't. Neither can you. Neither no. can anybody. Yes. I could have a couple of guesses at it. And my first guess would be that there was a kid in the house and it's a picture of a child. That's the easiest one. Why would there, why wouldn't it be a picture of a kid? It's a kid. Uh, Secondly, Mm -hmm. there's no kids in the house at all. And yeah, the photograph is strange. It doesn't appear that there's a child there for sure. Uh, Maybe it's an adult who's on the the banister. It's strange enough. Oddly enough, it could even be a picture that they deliberately took to make it uh, a strong investigation. In fact, it was one of the most highly publicized investigations in paranormal history and the Warrens were already famous. The news station was there for the investigation So it was nut up or shut up time for the Warrens, and they had to find something. And as far as I know, that is the only piece of tangible, quote unquote, evidence that they found in the entire case, even though they were the foremost experts on it. So as far as I'm concerned, I can't explain what that picture is or who's in the picture. Uh, Neither can anyone involved or or they refuse to, but they had to find something. That's what they found. Without without that that picture, it would be zero evidence at all for it happening. And that is even shaky evidence as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, and we'll let you guys, you know, do your own speculation too, just because there's a lot, there's a lot to it. I mean, it could be the photographer himself who just happens to be walking back downstairs like that. It's not sure. Um, And and a lot of it is, is like one of the things I don't understand about ghost photos, especially, especially this one is if you, you know, take a picture of your cat anytime with a flash on the eyes light up like a Christmas. Right. Yeah, they glow. They glow. This is an infrared camera, which I've never used, um, but you see on like the U.S. Navy uh, Ford FLIR forward-looking infrared uh, <clears throat> radar photos. You know, it, it, it heat is whiter and darker is black. And ghosts. I mean, based off of this picture, it looks like a, a human being just based off of what uh, what you're seeing here. And it the does, eyes yeah, have it, the it eyes have those like cat cat with a flash on type of thing so it it might just be a real person you know um it'd be, it's, it'd be weird I mean, if it, it was a ghost me, or an apparition you'd look, see it would look a little more see-through or transparent or you would something think, yeah. you know this is like a solid you can throw a rock at it type of thing yeah, it looks like there's a person it's a picture of a person it, it, the only evidence that's
1: yeah. against that, that it was a person at all is, is the claims that there was no that there was a, no kids there and that it, that it had to have been a child i mean that's the only thing yeah. against it in my mind because it looks very similar to any other picture they had of the people who were in the house. I mean, there's hundreds of pictures of people in the house that day with the same camera, but that's the one that sticks out because it looks like something's weird.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't even actually, quite frankly, look like John DeFeo, the boy, which is so sad. He's no. so cute. Um, it's, his nose is a completely different shape. I mean, not even remotely the same Um uh, you know, mouth and that type of stuff and his sure. elongated head. It's, you know, like it, it might just be the photographer who set up the camera and now he's walking back downstairs and he's like, look what I found. It's like, that's you, man could be, (laughs) it could, it could very well be. And I, I, like I said, this is me being a skeptic on all
1: this and I'm more than happy to do it because a lot of this just drives me nuts, but this is not me saying bar none that I know that this is not a, uh, a true phenomenon. I mean, I haven't experienced this in my personal life, but I know a lot of people have, and I'm not claiming to know what goes on beyond this world or any kind of ghostly things that actually are happening, whether they are true or not. I'm trying to dive down on what we have and what we have, we can pick apart. I think you should be able to pick it apart because if it is true and you pick it apart, you find the truth in there. And Mm -hmm. uh, that seems simple enough. It's strange to me that people are afraid to show off things. If they're so confident, they're real, let us see them. And if we pick it apart unjustly or dishonestly, then that's on us and we're lying about it. But if we pick it apart justly and honestly, we don't find the truth there. It sounds like you're trying to hide something and it smells like
0: bullshit. Uh, it could be the other brother, though the other boy in the house looks a lot like him. But more more importantly, <laughs> Joe is, would you spend the night there? I would. I I would in like fucking to. Fucking way. you sure? I would. Yeah. No, no, no.
1: I uh, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't um I don't think I'd have a fun time there. I don't think I'd let you do that, man. It's I don't so, think it's... I'd have a fun time. I think I would definitely be freaked out. It's just the very idea of what happened in that house, uh the murders oh, and this, um, there's a
0: spiritual aspect that might bother you a little bit. No, no, just,
1: <laughs> just I mean, you know, even
0: even walking, uh, you Any know energy there because there's a bunch of murder. <laughs> Something
1: like that, maybe, maybe the energy going to get me. But no, even just the fact of knowing that there's been a uh, quadruple homicide in the house, I'd be uncomfortable going in there thinking about what's happened in those rooms. Uh, it would freak me out just on like a psychological level. But I, would I be afraid that a ghost was gonna get me or that a demon was gonna you know start cutting my you know back when I was sleeping? I would not be afraid of that now. I would be afraid of sleeping there because of how creepy the house would be, and I'm sure all the noises I heard at night. I'm not acting like I would be a big brave man about it. I'd probably be freaked out. But I wouldn't be afraid that that a apparition was going to attack
0: me in the night. Oh, don't worry. It might not attack you. It might just possess you, and then you'll kill me.
1: Maybe that's it. But whoever uh, owns the house right now, it's it's worth about eight hundred fifty grand. So they seem to be living pretty comfortably in that Do house. Do they live uh, in it? Oh yeah. What? Yes, it, it people it's a it's a very prop, popular house. I mean, it's been renovated, it's been it's been kept up. It's a it's expensive, especially Long Island nowadays, it's worth a lot of money. It's oh, nearly yeah, a million
0: bucks. True. You can't live there for your I reason, mean, think about like, having a house that big
1: in like person. Salem or like Newton or something, like a house that large, that close to Boston, worth some money. And that's what that thing money. is there. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, dude, Newt, that thing would be damned. well over a million dollars if it was in Newton. I mean Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's that's basically um, what it is. I mean people still want to make money. At the end of the day, people still move <clears throat> in there on the cheap if they can. Is I mean that makes no difference to them. And and if you, you really are it. going to be scared enough to not want to buy it, then you just won't buy it. That's and you would
0: sleep on a Native American burial ground? You would do that too?
1: Uh, I I would I, I you know I wouldn't do that out of dis it's disrespectful I think I wouldn't be as afraid um, of being you know possessed or being haunted, but I wouldn't want to sleep in a, in a regular cemetery either. Not not just because of the fact that it's creepy, which it is creepy. But I'm not afraid of ghosts as much as I don't want to disrespect people who have passed on by sleeping on there as a kind of cool adventure, like, oh, let's let's dare mm-hmm. each other and sleep on an right. Indian burial ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, just on the base human level, this is disrespectful to people who have passed on to make it a cool stunt to try to hope they're going to get you or something like that. It just seems, I mean, would you go to a cemetery, a modern cemetery and, sl- and sleep there and act like it's all, it's all fucking wild and crazy with your glow sticks no, and shit. Not, like not people, as grandparents like grandparents are there and, like and, man, and those parents and say, it's just, yeah. it's just not,
0: so I wouldn't do that No, but not because I'm so afraid of that. What you're saying is you wouldn't sleep on a burial mound of an ancient giant. Uh, no, I, 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 giant. I, you're right. Out of respect for the giant. I wouldn't do that either. You know, yeah. it's, it's good for the giant. It's Good
1: for everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <that's right>. Yeah. <laughs> but just to round out my diggishness, they went on to the uh, after Amityville. They really made their nut in a, the Enfield poltergeist when they went out to England to investigate a poltergeist there, uh, in a, in a lower income family north of London that their their children had been having problems too. Um, I'm sure that the story never talks much about how their family had a lot of issues as well, and the children were being neglected and were, were mostly looking for attention. Uh, that most of the uh, Child psychologists that evaluated the kids said that it's unlikely that there's any poltergeist activity there. It's more likely that the kids are acting out and they're receiving attention and the family's receiving money from the story and selling the story. And again, I don't, I don't knock them. I'm sure they truly believe that's what's going on, but that's just not really the case. But again, of course, the Warrens say 100%
0: is a poltergeist. Let's go back to America. Man, I hate it when you're in therapy as a kid and they don't believe you. Feel for it's those the worst. Guys. Fucking,
1: yeah they're the worst I mean yeah, parents no, just don't it. understand
0: it, it really is true nope.
1: the nope. last one is the uh, the Snedeker house that's in 1986 and that's a former funeral home in Southington Connecticut uh, the Warrens claim it's infested with demons and that was sold um, to become oh. the book in a dark place a story of a true haunting so those three investigations mm-hmm. that are some of their biggest ones went on to become the movies the MDville Horror the Conjuring the Conjuring 2 and the haunting in Connecticut and The Conjuring franchise is the most lucrative horror franchise in film history. Because it's by far the scariest. But, well, I don't know about that. But it is by far the most lucrative. Because that, that earned $1.9 billion with eight films. Blowing what? Halloween out of the water. Halloween wow. with 13 films. Only $619 million. And Nightmare on Elm Street, which I thought would be higher... 448 million for nine films. I can't believe oh, the conjuring is, is so well and above all the other ones wow. because you know, obviously modern money, but I mean people truly believe that the Warren's investigations are all real and they are extra scary because of that. And uh, as far as the, the evidence, it, it's just it's just things that um, that you already have to buy into, like don't talk about the, the photograph. There's uh, you know, EKG readings or whatever. And uh, I just even though I, I do believe to some degree the Warrens did believe what they're doing was true, um, I think that they did believe in demons and they did believe in ghosts being uh, hyper religious people who dedicated their lives to that. I don't believe that every time they walked into a house that they found things like that, and I do believe that they made a career off of it. They have a museum, uh, now uh, Lorraine's still alive. And they made their entire careers from when they were in their late 30s until uh, Ed's death, and still Lorraine is making money every day on the fact that they were paranormal investigators that saved your life. Watch the incentive. Where do you go with it?
0: Man, humans must think they're pretty important if they think that they can haunt the spiritual realm after their death. When the universe is so vast and so big, and we might not mean anything.
1: I know. How dare they stick around? Yeah.
0: Oh. How do they measure and track ghosts the warrens that's a good question they, I, I was really interested
1: in that i think you know more than i do about actually the, the technical element that they were yeah, so they're, they're trying
0: to take a spiritual study or practice um you know that's you know you can start you can do with just a candle and you can watch the way the flame moves if you ask questions type of stuff but they, well, they brought uh, what technology is that i never heard
1: you. Of that one that's the one you're talking about when you're a kid where you ask a candle
0: questions no, my, uh, my mom taught me this one because my mom took parapsychology at Boston College. For a st- they semester. taught parapsychology in college back then? They did. And it was, it was an elective, like was, there's was no credits for it, but my mom took it. And she said it was pretty freaky. And they you'd have a group of 30 students in the dark at night um, with the instructor or teacher around a candle and they would be able to use their minds to move the move the flame. Make it go mm-hmm. like this, circle like Doesn't this. Doesn't sound very yeah, scientific
1: to me. Where's the controller? There, the there's experiment? the,
0: there's, well, I have 30 to ask people more looking at a
1: candle. I bet you can think of something that comes up with that. That's very unscientific.
0: Where, so, so that's just like very old school technology or those, you know, uh, like copper candles, rod, yes, copper they're very rods, old school. copper rods that move when they sense, you know, gravitational fields, uh, electromagnetic fields, oh, divining um, rods. Yeah, yep. Yeah, um, uh, that type of stuff. Um, But on these new shows and probably the Warrens, uh, actually maybe it was maybe a little after their time, but they've brought other tools in here um, post Ouija board to try to contact spirits. And um, those, those, that equipment is consists of the one you see most frequently on these shows, including the South Park episode um, about uh, these shows, Mm -hmm. you know, the one, the South Park episode.
1: Oh yeah. The ghost
0: hunters. I think I heard like a, like a, (laughs) <laughs> to, 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 and he's like i think uh, my senses are telling me i look like, my, my pants are wet there's a warm feeling i, I can feel it uh, my legs it, it's going down my leg oh my god look at that ah and they start freaking out and the two guys end up pissing themselves and running away so funny That's all park nails it but anyways um emf it. detectors uh electromagnetic field detectors detects magnetic field changes x-rays cell phone signals microwaves those type of things can set it off mm-hmm. um but they'll be in an old mental institution and It's not doing anything, but then all of a sudden it starts going... When they start to feel things. You can get it on your phone, too. I have the app. It's pretty fun. You can't get it on your phone. No, you can't. Obviously not. you can. Well, obviously,
1: your phone is not an
0: electromagnetic sensor. Those cost hundreds of dollars. No, dude. 100%. Get the app. I'm telling you. Okay.
1: Listen. I'll just I'll just
0: take my cell phone.
1: I'll download an app, and the algorithm will change the the actual hardware on my phone to sense electromagnetic. Okay. All right. yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Your phone can sense it because your phone has magnets in it. So if you put your phone, if you download this app, EMF detector, okay. and put it up to your television, your laptop, your car alternator, something like that, it 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 gives you measurements, and it knows okay, it's gotcha. not like if I put it up to my my you know beer can, it does nothing. But if I put it up to, um. A refrigerator or something that has a magnetic field, it, yeah. it senses it. I don't fucking know. It does. All right. All right. It just seems so, strange to me
1: that you you can download a a, a, mm-hmm. a piece of you know. It's like people were downloading uh, thermometers and COVID testers and stuff on apps when their phone too. But your phone's <laughs> not built to do that. At, at the very least, phones are electromagnetically sensitive because they're taking in you know cell phone tower and, and radio waves in order to be used in mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. So I, I, at least I, I can I can follow you on that. You get on
0: that. You. I'm telling you, it's there. It's real. Um yeah. How uh, much infrared. is it to have
1: a free EKG or no, what is an EMF? EMF? EMF, free EMF instructor. machine. It's is it free. a couple bucks? It's free. It's free. Even better. What free. what a device. Your All phone is those 100.
0: barometric pressure, EMF, temperature and uh, uh obviously like compass and that type of stuff. It has your your phone has a lot of stuff, doesn't it? Well, um, your phone can have a compass and things like that because it's
1: connected to to um, the GPS. So because of that connection, you can tell the position right. of it. But you can't... Uh, Download a thermometer on your phone and put it up to your head and have it be the no, same No, no, it's
0: more for, it's, it's for temperature of, of like the surrounding area around. Yeah. Floor. So you it, it connects to not, the internet and then the local weather station tells you how hot or cold no, it is. No, not at all. And no, because if I, if you put, my phone has a car mount and if I put it on my vent with the heat on, eventually it overheats and it says me, I have to take, I have to turn my phone off because my wow. phone is internally overheating. Your phone knows what temperature is, whether it's, you know, it should never... It should always operate under the cold. I mean, cold doesn't really affect electronics as much as heat does. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but no, the EMF one's real. I'll show it to you. Um, infrared camera, that's something you can't get on your phone. Um, so oh, that's God a whole nother type of thing. You can buy them on Amazon for a couple hundred bucks. They're really cool. A lot of people like HVAC tech- technicians use them um, or energy, energy audit people to look for oh, drafts around doors. That makes
1: a lot of sense to see where heat's seeping out of the building.
0: Yeah yep exactly for efficient shows up the whiter the color like you know the, the light spectrum is how it, how it works so like a dark color would be cold uh super super hot would be white and somewhere in the middle would be red or yellow or like that type of thing gotcha. um uh a digital audio recorder would be fucking simply a like an audio recorder um and so that's already
1: on your phone you don't have to download that oh
0: yeah that's right joe um <laughs> <laughs> so um uh on these shows and then of stories I've seen, you hear weird voices sh- say up, you go like, hello, is there a ghost in here? Please tell us the name. It goes Brian. And they're like, it said Brian. Brian, the ghost is of your a name duck. Brian? You know, it says like weird stuff. Um, shows up only on, on sensitive audio equipment. And then lastly, this one's my favorite. And there's a someone on TikTok who loves, It's just I think it's just called Spirit Box TikTok. And it's this girl who bought a spirit box. They're a couple hundred bucks or less. Um, And all it does is it spirits and like to um, they they can speak through other mediums. Like they can't just talk in a hallway, but if you have like a TV that's on static mode or um, uh, something that they can, they can manipulate the electronic fields of or magnetic Mm -hmm. fields, they'll speak through them. They being
1: the spirits, you mean. The
0: spirits. Yeah. It it doesn't sound as clear as you'd think, but it makes out words. Spirit box is a device that sweeps. Through AM and FM channels, it doesn't just stay on one of them. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like it's like falling through them, whatever it is. And then then the spirit will be able to speak through multiple channels instead of just one. Really That's nice, you know. You TikTok don't, not, is fucking cool, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's I don't, I don't know. You watch these things, and it's hard to hard to disprove. I mean, it's it's hard. It's harder
1: to prove than disprove, though, isn't it? it you is. can't really prove it. You saying this is a strange thing isn't proving anything. It's saying this is odd. You can't disprove it. Mm -hmm. No, I can't disprove it. You can't prove it either. You haven't proved anything to say this is strange. I mean, building a device that cycles through multiple radio waves and starts hearing strange sounds does not sound like anything like hard science to me. In fact, it sounds pretty simple to make it. And if you go through all the channels on a radio that are hypersensitive, you're going to hear some weird shit. The entire atmosphere is bombarded with Radio waves, cell phone towers, all kinds of information. I mean, you can hear some wacky yeah, ass shit. I Other... can imagine listening to that for an hour and hearing someone actually say, I am a dead person. But you're mm-hmm. you know, you're know, watching a, you know, Andy Rooney from 12 years ago. You don't realize it. But how freaked out would you be in that moment to say, well, that's all the proof I need. I turn on the device. It said I'm a dead person. You can't disprove that.
0: Yeah, a lot of weird stuff. I actually, as a kid, um, in that same room where I heard the voice, I had walkie-talkies and I have heard... I was t- someone talk on the walkie-talkie but it was probably a neighbor boy because that was it was cool to have walkie-talkies 9.95 oh, i remember shit. that too like things just show up on this stuff and it's probably there's something to explain it um but the one thing that i can't explain mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um people who try to explain it but i don't know until you really use them it's really hard not to ouija boards and the Ouija that is invented... good. I'm glad
1: you brought that topic up because that is so well intertwined with the idea of ghosts and hauntings. I mean, it that is how they used and... to be able to, before the, you know, the electromagnetic meters and the infrared, that was the way people would test if there was a spirit or not. They'd put the Ouija board in the room, put your hands on it, and then it would move according to what the spirit wanted to say, as long as your hands
0: are on it as well, because so it as doesn't work guys... without your hands on it. The, some of them you watch crazy videos of them flying i off have the seen some cool videos of people they doing fly right that. off the table how um, weird is that so um as you guys know ouija board has the alphabet on it says yes or no and then you have a triangular shape like thing you put your fingers on that has felt on the bottom so it slides on the mm-hmm. wood board or whatever board and it's got
1: like almost a, like a magnifying glass so you can see the letters when you're going yeah. over them right
0: depending on the style there's a million different styles made in oh some of them tree. are just the
1: arrow or whatever sure yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah there's point to it or whatever it is, the ouija that, board that, is oh, that patent is
1: now owned by hasbro so if you don't if you mm-hmm. own a, a ouija board and it's not um, by hasbro then you're uh, either ripping them off or you have to call it like something else you can't call it a ouija board they own the rights to that mm-hmm. idea now
0: interesting much like monopoly and, uh,
1: or candyland
0: And there's a Ouija board museum in Salem, Mass. It's really fun to go to. And it has a whole section of, of cursed boards that you don't want to touch. Um, So the thing with the Ouija board, it was invented in the late 1800s um, as a, at the height of the popularity of the Mm -hmm. seance. So I've spent hours using Ouija boards. It's been at least 10 years since I've touched one because I don't want to go into that again. The, the first time I ever used one was
1: with you and Brian in his basement, and I was genuinely freaked out beforehand.
0: Yeah, he had the glow in the dark one, I think, too. Yeah, um, oh, those are good. Those
1: are just classic glow in the dark. Classic sk- one. Kookier.
0: So the thing with the Ouija board is my feed, my my insight into them is, they do not work, unless it's nighttime and you have zero electronics on in the whole house. There could be a TV on upstairs, it won't work. You could have your cell phone on, it's not gonna work. If there's any electrical interference, they just don't work. Hmm. And I'm only speaking to the people who have used them because if somebody's moving it on the table, you're like, hey, just stop fucking with us. Like it's stop, stop doing that, you know? You kind of warm it if up. If someone's a bit. purposefully moving yes. on the table, you mean yes. because like people trying...
1: are moving on the table.
0: No, I know, but it it feels like you're you're just like your vibration is making it like just move. Yeah. It doesn't feel, feel
1: like you're moving. It, it doesn't
0: feel like you're pushing it or they're pushing it. But we've all played that game where you pick people up with your fingers and stuff like that. It feels like nothing. But like mm. I think um, that's a different phenomenon, but I, I Yeah agree. I know I know what you mean. But like but but it's it could be related. But overall um it doesn't work unless unless the the every condition is perfect. And I gotcha. When I've used Ouija board, I'm always super respectful. You say, we're calling us on a spirit, a nice spirit where, you know, we thank you for your time, play blah, blah, blah. You have to play by those rules. And if you mm-hmm. don't, we're not trying does... to tease
1: you. Or we're just trying to talk to you. Yeah. And we're not a bunch of kids who are here.
0: trying to like do fuck with you spirits or whatever it is. You have to go into it. Boom, you want to be your friend or whatever. That, that, that you're, you have good intentions and you hope that they do too. And every now and then you get, you get what you get a spirit that doesn't have good intentions and it moves faster. It does weird things and you all feel very uneasy and you tell it, thank you for your time we're going to go over to no, and please, we're going to end the session because we uh, don't don't want to speak with you or whatever it is. And if you don't, I don't want to open that. I don't want to open that door. I don't, I don't, I, I, the thing is like, no one knows could be fake, could be real, but I don't want to fuck with that anymore. That's too fucked up. Like it, if, unless you use one, it, it just, there's no, what people go into it. I brought many skeptical people into it and they're all skeptical. And then you go, See, it, it's either working or it doesn't work and I have nothing to do with this and I'll step away. It's not me pushing it because you can't just push it. You know, it's it's something. No, yeah, that, that's know. that's the, the key it.
1: distinction in it um, for sure is the fact that you're not pushing it deliberately. You can see people are doing it in the first place. But even you if always I always tell if someone with is you. like,
0: hey, stop, you know,
1: Right. But even if I was to use one with you and it was to go a certain way, I would definitely be much more convinced in your direction that, that maybe a spirit was actually, you know, interacting with us. But that still is no, you know, a concrete example of it. just even if even if I who is highly skeptical of this went in there and I walked out and I said, you know what, you're totally right. I walked in there and uh, we, we didn't even put our hands on, we put our hands straight up in the air and, and the disc went flying around and did all kinds of stuff. I would believe it. And I would be so mind blown. Still not, still not proof. It, it just isn't. Like, even if I believe it just because you can change someone's mind doesn't make it any more or less true. And that's why all totally. these devices, whether they're the uh, electromagnetic interference, the thermal, or cameras or where there's a photograph that has you know been tampered with or not tampered with. And there's an orb in there. It is no proof whatsoever that this kind of things exist because anytime they're put under any scientific scrutiny, they fall apart like a house of cards made of dust. It's just so strange mm-hmm. to me that there's been a million dollar bounty on someone who can prove their psychic for the past 50 years. And no one has claimed the prize. Even people who make hundreds of thousand of dollars a year being psychics, they can't prove it. And they often say, well, that's part of it. You can't, you know, make the spirits do it. If they, if they know they're being watched, they get shy. You can't make them do it. I, I mean, I can't make you believe what I saw, but I saw what I saw. And I know what I saw, spirits. It's just strange to me that any other circumstance when you're using things like you know, infrared cameras, that's hard scientific proof. I mean, an infrared camera works better than your eyes and your brain ever could because all it does is record what it sees and leaves it there. And that's all it is. And using that technology, they
0: can't prove it at all. It's so strange to me. We don't have time to get into this one right now. But the CIA did do a long comprehensive program called Project Stargate, where Hmm. they were recruiting psychics to spy on the russians and there's since the documents have been released over the past like month or two mm-hmm. there's some really fascinating things in there and we don't this have is the have
1: whole that. uh the men who stare at goats thing where they had like they're trying to
0: breed psychic yes soldiers. this is exactly what it is it's super interesting there's uh, yeah, we, we should, can now read the real reports simple. and it's really interesting and you go holy shit the CIA has like super documented mm-hmm. um a guy in another room do it it's saying exactly what they're saying in the room over or whatever it is. And it's some random dude, but yes, Manus aircoats. That's very it wild. Is. So, um, so, uh, so as we so to wrap up uh, spirit boards, um, we're going to, I'm going to bring up and bring everybody's attention to a board I saw in person that is by far, hands down, no question, the weirdest, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It was at that museum and you can buy it. Oh, at this. the
1: museum of the spirit
0: boards in Salem. Yep. Cause again, there's other spirit boards. This one, um uh again joe i also want to mention that to ha, tell me i'm gonna send you a picture of an orb going into us in, going into a ouija board under the table like you can watch sure of it going into it, happen. it they use cameras to watch them go into there they use like the night measure vote on the camera and you can see something go right up into it like this and then it starts to move mm-hmm. i'll send you a picture of it so we can put it up here but <clears throat> the weirdest thing i've one of the weirdest things i've seen is called bob's spirit board or or bob's board uh, to be confused and,
1: with burgers or discount furniture.
0: That's right. So uh, the front cover of, of like the box of the board is um, like a chairlift in the upper Midwest somewhere, like a creepy overgrown chairlift. It's really fucked up because that's- where Like it's for, kind... a, for a ski hill, that kind of chairlift? A ski hill, yeah. Okay. Because that's, I believe, where this Bob guy is from. Bob, um, Bob's board is the legendary spirit board created by alleged, an alleged serial killer- who found redemption and wished to speak to his victims? Interesting. He literally time to find remorse. Yep, he literally made the board in his garage to help find the clues. Um, and according to his niece, he was the incarnate of evil, complete horrible, nightmarish serial killer. People. He traveled mm. the country in his station wagon, killing. Satisfying his bloodlust with lovers' lane murders, so like the typical people making out type of thing, Ooh, kind of uh, people um, zodiac style, right? Yeah, exactly. And really? he sustained a near fatal brain injury in a head on traffic collision. And oh, when redemption. was that? I gotta, I, don't, I didn't say. Um, But this is after he's already been a murderer or before? Oh, this is, so this is what stopped the killing spree is the accident. I see. So he got in a car accident, changed his brain a little bit, found redemption. He built that board to speak to his, his victims and ask for forgiveness.
1: Hmm. However,
0: since he summoned many of these victims from the darkness, uh, they haunted him for for the rest of his life, driving him to madness.
1: Hmm. And
0: Bob will pay 50, the madness 000... beyond being a serial killer. Yeah, like he went, uh, like, uh, like, like, like uh, you picture somebody like doing this because like, they mm-hmm. just can't. They're scared of everything. Um, the The board itself um, is a, similar to a Ouija board, but it has um, a, an elaborate series of codes, ciphers, and arcane images that populate Bob's Bob's spirit board. Hmm. Um, and Bob's family or Bob himself will give you fifty thousand dollars to anyone who, dilab- to, who who solves this code. Still. No one has. Mm-hmm. Um and uh those clues are on there. His his great nephew believes that those symbols and codes are clues to where he perpetrated his client cr- perpetrated his crimes. Oh, I see. Uh, and then if they're solved, um, we'll solve the decades uh, mystery of this board itself. So um pull that thing up. It's it's really freaking Will creepy. Do. Like the board itself is really, really, really weird. And Even he, the fact that it belonged to a fire.
1: serial killer is inherently creepy beyond. He made, designed
0: and made this book to speak to his victims. A board to speak to his victims, mm. and it's the weirdest thing that a lot of people don't know about Bob's board. Really weird. So that that's strange. all I've got for spirit that. boards. Besides, this one isn't just like a. It's like this really <laughs> freaking weird, like ooh, gross. Very creepy. Board. Yeah, very creepy
1: all right I, i'll i'll go first so my general idea of it which you obviously know from all me being skeptical about all this stuff is that it a lot of the, of the reasons why people are believing these things it doesn't have to do with any faults of, of anyone everyone's born with highly susceptible brains uh, especially when you've been fed information beforehand and a lot of times these unexplained things, you know, manifest themselves, no pun intended, in these awful experiences and awful things that happen like that. Whether it's a family moving into a house and having a domestic violence situation and having, you know, unexplained fears, a lot of the reasons why kids are the number one ones to see apparitions, ghosts, demons, things like that. It's you don't understand the world fully and you're seeing these things that scare the hell out of you and these stressors in your life. Can change how your brain works. Fully grown adults who have sleep paralysis can wake up and be fully conscious and see demons sitting on their chests and trying to kill them. And they're not mentally unstable. They'll wake up and they'll know. I know that wasn't real, but it looked like a demon was on my chest. For all intents and purposes, there was a demon on my chest trying to eat me, and We've I'm perfectly the, sane.
0: The sleep paralysis demon means, and they're fucking yeah, hilarious. yeah, it's it's shit, but like it's that. real. Yeah, yeah. people.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's just people who have sleep paralysis seeing. The hallucination and being totally clear on it—that it looks like that—and those are people who are perfectly mentally stable, who have the condition of sleep paralysis. So it's that's just mentally to say, stable
0: people who have who have had sleep paralysis bouts. Um, you're looking at one of them. Very mentally stable and has had a a big phase in my life. I had sleep paralysis and it was very scary. Well, can but you I talk to us about demon.
1: that for a moment? Yeah,
0: I, I never saw I never saw a demon sleep. I, no. I never really had that. It was kind of like a. All it was for me is like a, a non imaginative version of this is that I'm fully awake, but I can't oh, So real quick. So sleep,
1: yeah, sleep paralysis is a, a condition where um, the, the process in your body that makes your body not move when you're dreaming, it keeps you mm-hmm. safe so that you're not running in your bed when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. But some people, mm-hmm. um, they awaken during this process, but their body still doesn't move. So your brain tries to make sense of that. And sometimes you see things that aren't there.
0: It feels like you're not breathing. You're not going to breathe. And if you don't break out of this. Uh, trap it's almost like you're like locked shut your eyes are locked shut your respiratory system is completely not functioning um you're full of like fear and you're like i have to oh my open God. my eyes and you're trying really really hard to open them and i've even yelled at my i'm like able to talk to and i'm able to tell her like hey hit me P- hit me really hard or something to get out of this it's terrifying yeah. but i've oh never yeah, i see anything i kind of just see like what i see right now like my eyes see the light and they're kind of red but you can feel have, that you
1: can't move your body
0: cannot move at all Oh, sounds it sounds feels, like, feels like it feels like I, I i have stopped breathing and i can't breathe either oh um, you God. literally that chemical goes through your body and does this and it's like i've had bouts of it throughout my entire life and i know but as i'm always able to break out of it um it feels like it's only for maybe 10 seconds at max but it's very scary but if i had a vision with that too it'd be terrifying yeah. i can see how scary that would be absolutely um, but i've definitely as a as a uh, mentally stable person had that happened. <laughs> for sure. And so I
1: only bring that up as an example of, uh, it's me not calling people cuckoo for singing, thinking things like this. I mean, not only am I saying that people can think things like this, they can legitimately see them. Like these people who see the demons, they didn't come up with this idea of fake. They saw a demon as real as you and me in the room with them. And that only goes to show you the power of the human brain, the suggestion. So that combined with the fact that You know, hauntings are most often based around the last 200 years, usually traumatic events like murders that people already know about going into it. They're already filled into their brain, these scary ideas, and it is scary. Much like the way that I wouldn't be comfortable in the Amityville house, even though I wouldn't be afraid of a ghost, I know it went into it. So my mind is in a constant version of stress. I'd imagine if I stayed there, I probably would hear creepy sounds and things I couldn't explain. And if I wasn't very careful to try to bring myself back to earth, I would easily think that this, those were ghosts. So this isn't me um, going into this thing thinking that everyone who believes in ghosts is ridiculous. I don't think that's true at all. I think that's why that you said 48% of Americans believe in ghosts. I think that maybe even more than that believe in, in the idea of afterlife, um, you know, approaching you in your home or something like that, you know, just not the haunting kind. So I don't think it's ridiculous. But I do think that all of these things are completely unfounded in the real world. And I don't think that that should be taken in an insulting way, I hope it isn't. Um, But as far as I'm concerned, just when you get down to the nitty gritty about how things really work, uh, ghosts aren't a big part of the big picture. And you couldn't, um, as much as, like you said, Dylan, I can't disprove it. When you come up with an extreme claim, it requires extreme evidence. And when you have extreme Mm -hmm. claims, like there's a ghost in this house that's taking control of my family and it's hurting my children, you're going to need extreme evidence for that. It's not my job or a scientist's job to go in there and prove to you why there's not a ghost. It's your job to prove to us why you're not hitting your kids and why you know this spookiness that you're imagining or is really happening is happening. Unfortunately, for people who are being assaulted by the other world, it's on you to prove it. I know it sucks because you know mm-hmm. it's real, but mm-hmm. it's not on science to prove extraordinary claims. And when it is on them, they're required to do it. The earth revolves around the sun. If you split an atom, it can have less energy. You can say that or prove it can't. Prove the earth isn't revolving around the sun. No, no, no. You prove it is. It's an extreme claim. You need to prove it extremely. And no one has ever proved it uh, scientifically. And the most proof we ever had is in the 1800s when people were fully believing this and the amount of money that seance masters had and charlatans went through when they bring it in have a couple of slips of paper find out who you are they have motors under the table to shake them they turn the lights on and off and it's all part of the show Mm -hmm. and people will go home thinking that they talked to all of their family and as far as they're concerned they did and that's what ghosts are to me they're not anything to be feared they're not real and if there is an otherworldly idea of where souls go when they pass on, which there very well could be, I don't, I don't really know what happens when people die. Um, but I just don't think that they're in your house, laying in your bed with their throat slit, waiting for you to wash the bedboard, the headboard of
0: the bed. Rather, it's all good. Very, very logical explanation for everything, Joe. I feel almost identically to you for most cases really yeah like most people there's a so the logical side of me says that age experience grief and just basically all the circumstances around all those things predisposition to Um, that type of stuff will, will cause more ghost sightings, especially as you see when the media picks onto it, everybody starts thinking they're seeing ghosts too. Yeah. Yeah. Haunted houses, you know, as they go on, have more and more sightings because people go in there already knowing this is a
1: haunted house. I bet I'll see something.
0: Yep. Oh yeah, exactly. I, um, I am a very sensitive person to, I feel like a lot of things about people and about the world around me. I'm very observative. Um, but I also do feel a lot of things, and again, I've felt this way since I was a kid. I put myself in the realm of people who like who, who are believers, mm-hmm. um, and I can't prove anything, and I don't think it's ever something that's supposed to be proved and ever will be proved. It's I just don't think it's possible um, to have physical evidence because the whole idea of spiritualism is not something you should be able to take a picture of. So, right, yeah. Um, yeah, like um, it, outside
1: of um, the physical world that we observe. So even if you had the technology, you wouldn't be able to observe it because it's not physically uh, here yeah. in the way that we'd see it, right?
0: Yeah, and the way I've evolved throughout my life through like religion and spirituality and these type of things is like I firmly believe something's there. Mm-hmm. Afterlife exists to me in some way, shape, or form. And then energy is universal and something that can't be destroyed. Whether Whatever the soul consciousness is, is not something that can be fully understood or... Um, whatever it is, but it's got something has mm-hmm. got to go of that. And I feel like if there's bad energy in a house, um, that energy stays there unless it's cleansed. Like, and you can feel it. You walk into a house and you feel heavy. You're like, why does it feel so heavy in here? Whenever it's in real estate, I spent a lot of time in a lot of different places and a lot of them were identical in almost every way. And some of them just had a different field than the rest of them. Yeah. It's felt like you just like get, you feel like you're sick all the time there. You don't feel good or feel, it feels really. heavy, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Basement, same thing. I, one time I was being in the scariest looking basement of all time and I was perfectly comfortable. Like really didn't bother me at all. And I was like, this is the type of basement that should scare somebody. But I'm like, no, I feel yeah. good down here. I don't mind this at all. It'll be in another basement that's like, could be finished and I don't get a good vibe from it. Again, this is all stuff, not provable, just my own opinion. And then I live in a house that was built in 1850 or before, mm-hmm. um, for we've learned that it's actually been moved. Uh, so it looks like it was built before 1850. I know for a fact, a lot of people have died. in Um like that's where they spent their last breath. Yeah, it has um, to be, I know that you know, for a, a bunch fact, of people from that much oh, yeah. time. yeah, I'm 100% sure because I've read the obituaries. It's not a college way- dorm.
1: I've, if it was, there'd be a lot of deaths in there, but it's a home.
0: I've read the obituaries all the way back to 1901 in my house. And every single one of them, the person died in the house. Oh, wow. Or one of the main people did, uh, you know, the obituaries, the people I could find. Died yeah. in the house. Yeah. So, and I know that and I get zero, nothing. I mean, I spend a lot of time in that basement. I spent a lot of, you know, probably in the bedroom that the person was in. Whatever. Of course, but i in the basement. I, that, that's where nothing. we uh, filmed this podcast. Yeah, that's where it all started. <laughs> and and I think that if one of those people or spirits was not a good thing or there was some sort of a, it was like uh, these weren't ex- people who were accepting of what happened to them or the fate or their uh, treatment hey, or whatever it is, un- it the might, might feel a forgiving business of the malice and hatred or whatever. Yeah, I might feel differently about it, you know? Um so that's my two cents on that. And I grew up in a house where people died in. I mean, I kind of, am very familiar with this type of stuff and I've spent a mm-hmm. lot of time in cemeteries and they don't freak me out um, in the least bit. So um, uh, interesting things is uh, for the majority of people who have experiences, like I can't speak for the one when I was a kid, cause that one was just seems too weird to me. And I remember it perfectly. Although I was a kid, I know that, but like the other ones. There's a lot of things that can make you feel weird, especially maybe in a basement um, or that type of stuff. The moon does have a lot of effect on people, full moons, mental institutions are cranking. And I, it is a fact. I mean, I also think that that that
1: body response that you have that, that, that fight or flight, that doom fear response, perfectly natural. When you see a creepy Mm -hmm. guy sitting on the sidewalk, not talking, smoking a cigar Mm -hmm. by himself, you mm-hmm. can have that chill down your spine. That's perfectly absolutely I can, I mean, I can make myself do it. I
0: can make myself do it right now. Like I can literally do Yeah. it.
1: So I don't that. think that that's so, unnatural at all. I think mean, that's a response yeah, that your body uses to try to keep you alive and get you away from danger. Yeah. I mean that absolutely. guy could be an apparition, but he could also just be a fucking weirdo. You don't need to be, be involved just in that. A lot of weird body so the only wants thing you the to smell survive.
0: was the weird thing for that. was my observation. But that like weird here's some causes of a lot of sightings is again, orbs mostly in photographs, dust. Take a picture right now with your phone at night with your flash on. You're, something shows up, especially sure, at, yeah. if you go in your bedroom, turn your lights off, use your phone flashlight. You see orbs, and literally. that's even with HD um,
1: modern cameras. Never yeah, mind the Polaroids they're, from And 19- they're just 55. they're just
0: skin cells, literally. Um, uh, smells uh, again. If you're in grief and you lost a relative and you smell their their cologne or perfume or the way they are or whatever it is, it's probably because they just died and they that's where they lived for 30 years um yeah and like the totally... scent part of
1: your brain is driven it's the deepest memory part so you it's oh, yeah. really emotionally mm-hmm. in those deep emotions and memories can really draw mm-hmm. it out of you it can feel like they're there i can smell is... my first grade classroom right now yeah, exactly me too and i can't remember anyone's name in my first grade class but i can still smell the cafeteria it's
0: yeah. weird yeah. and if yeah, you no smell question.
1: it this week it'll feel like you're there again it's so strange how those work olfactory
0: yep uh, exactly exactly um so weird and smell is so important um uh i think the most interesting thing that makes so much sense and i love this one and no one talked about it yet and it's a great way to end the podcast sure is um it's more of a modern notion to what this is and they did actual experiments on it at a concert and got positive results from it
1: interesting this could be
0: this could be a sense of um Feeling things that aren't right. So say you're in an abandoned mental institution and you don't, you feel really scared about something. Feels really off or whatever it is. Those those temperature changes likely a draft. Fucking windows are open, fireplaces, whatever it is. Um, Sure. But if you're in an area where you feel it's really fucked up, and I have been in, I forget where I've been. Where I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Actually. This, the place where I felt the weirdest was the quietest place I've ever been to. And there's a mental institution in Danvers called the Danvers State Hospital that sure. is now condos. And they tore down most of it. It's the, it's the site um, of the filming of the movie Session 18 mm-hmm. um, in Danvers. And it was an overpacked mental institution. Like the patient to nurse ratio was like 70 to one when it's supposed to be like one to four, you know, oh, the conditions
1: um, of those places. I'm so glad they closed them horrible, all down. It's horrific. It lobotomy completely it's just yeah, torturous that they would terrible, do terrible terrible place or i mean you have innocent anxiety.
0: civilians that they'd be able to treat them like that even prisoners weren't treated that way it's completely terrible think about the other kennedy daughter she's a great example of somebody yeah, who and had, now they never I bring mean, her up she liked to have a lot of sex and go crazy and they gave her a lobotomy absolutely um, crazy yeah not so her this is the idea of doing that she was insane Um, i should watch um, my language what a nut i mean them not her no so this place bottle lobotomies like it might have been one of the first places that i I rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy i've always said that fucking jesus what a quote yeah so um uh one day after work me and a couple co-workers were like let's go check this place out but this is before it really turned no no it just became condos and we uh freshly condos had a couple drinks went up to um uh the walked through the woods walked through a farm got up to there walked inside and then on the way back we hit up the cemetery which is a uh, pretty much a down the path in the middle of the woods cemetery I and mean, it's not supposed to be it, they just yeah. have to keep it there it's a the cemetery
1: um, for the people who would
0: die in the asylum the that people go who buried. died in the asylum over oh, the past hundred years and wow. uh, we all got there and we're just like And I felt the heaviness of a thousand lives of misery just fall on my shoulders. And that is the worst feeling I've had in my life. And it's that the feeling is the sense of doom feeling. Mm, And at the moment, at the moment, I think that's our conscious and subconscious telling us like, this is a really sad thing that shouldn't be taken lightly. That's the type of feeling where I'm go, this is respectful. Don't be like, you can't be hanging out here. This isn't good. So, but for a lot of these other cases of that feeling of sense of doom Mm -hmm. or pure fear or nausea or, whatever it is, is something called infrasound. Did you read about that? No. Uh, would you mind telling us about it? I've never heard of infrasound. Great. Imagine infrared light. It's out of our spectrum of visibility that gotcha. human So it's out of our spectrum of, um, of hearing. hearing. Dogs can hear things that we can't. Um, sure, like extra high pitch or extra low uh, pitch. Ex- so so the one that causes specifically the eyeball, the eyeballs to vibrate would be a low pitch, low hertz Um and hertz Ooh. is like per, uh, vibrations per minute. So the on the on yeah, a graph the looks frequency. Like this. frequency of 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 sound per minute.
1: Mm-hmm. So like
0: 5 hertz would be like 5 per or per second. Maybe it's per second. I
1: think uh, it is per second, but to be second. clear,
0: we're not talking about the brown note, right? The the low decibel
1: sound that makes you shit your pants. <laughs>
0: um I, I think know. that might be in for sound too, the brown I don't note. know. It probably is though. Um but this is a, they said a low, a, low, a low frequency, like eight hertz or something, would be something in infrasound. Brown note is hilarious, by the way. I didn't, I didn't put enough emphasis on how funny that is. Um, that's ridiculous. Brown <laughs> note's really not funny. real people,
1: but you should try it out at home and see what happens. Yeah,
0: I, I'll, I'll, I've already had a brown note today, so <laughs> I'm good. Um, brown G clef. Infrasound out of the human hearing spectrum that, that causes things in your body to respond, like your eyeballs, like your mm. nerves to shake in yeah, a way it's, that it's you still can't tell. you even so if So all of a sudden, a sudden you're somewhere sense. and it's doing this and what causes that? All sorts of things. Earth vibrates, buildings vibrate, HVAC systems make shit vibrate. Like, and mm. then there's also sound frequency travels, again, like it travels through mediums, travels through things, travels through walls, travels underwater even more. Right. Um, that can cause you to have all your senses Hanging literally, um because your body's trying your body to figure senses, out what's going on. Trying to on. figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, that yep. makes total sense. So to that's me. an interesting one that that comes up. Where they did a test. Uh, I forget what year it was, but at a concert, they had a rock concert and they played infrasound with it, and people were getting really uncomfortable.
1: So wow. they're saying there's like they didn't know real, why
0: real stuff in the spectrum of sound. And then something else intentionally under there. And people were starting, you could tell people were getting really like, they got to go. Like it makes people want to leave. It's really something. So that's a, that's another thing. That's um,
1: very interesting. I didn't know about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Grief, you know, like I said, emotions, fright,
1: grief. Stress. H- it all cause, halluc- stress? Mental health, all health all cause, problems.
0: Yeah. Cause hallucinations. But there, I do believe just like UFOs, a very small percentage of these are something to be, something to be looked into further. And that's my conclusion. I,
1: I, that's very, that's very well-spoken. I think that's probably true. And even, even as much as, um, how I believe it, I think it's pretty similarly, even if there is a certain percentage of these that are actual cases, that's enough for it to be real. Even if there's one or two UFO cases that are real, it still means it exists. So just because Mm -hmm. most of it is people making money and people being mistaken, which I think is the case, it doesn't mean that it isn't real. And I think especially when you come down to the fact, like you said, that if you can't measure it in the physical space, we don't yet have technology that can measure if there is such a thing as spiritual energy or souls or things like that. I mean, people try to do it. Like they try to take a picture of the orbs and they say, hey, there's a spirit, but you can't measure spirits. Well, which is it? Are you going to use a, a camera to figure it out or can you really not measure it? And if you really can't measure it, which might be the case there's no way of us knowing uh, with technology we have now so we could be surrounded by spirits right now and just not realize it um who knows folks uh, uh just to wrap it up that was ghosts we uh we appreciate you guys listening up every week next week we have on uh, another guest it's not going to be andrew this time it's going to be another special guest uh, a really a. enough <laughs> yeah we'll move another, to b no.
0: soon we're at a still
1: <laughs> we're still going through <laughs> A names to start out with but um uh, be sure to listen to him with that one. He's, he's a real funny guy to talk to. And I'll we'll have another good topic for you guys. But yeah, like uh, like we usually say, uh, please watch the video, spread it out. If you like it, tell a friend about it and uh, subscribe up. Really appreciate it. But until then, we'll see you next week on the Dylan and Joe Basement Podcast. Good night, folks. Leave a light on for the spirits. Look pretty committed to this podcast, <laughs> oh,
0: dude. I didn't. I didn't even notice you're a priest. I didn't even fucking notice. Yes. I'm a oh. priest. I'm a priest. It's too rich, man. You're fucking priest. Yeah, I saw the Emmyville, and I was like, oh yeah, dude, that's sick, man. I love that. <laughs> yeah. you didn't even notice the. How many do you think have fucked on this thing? What? How many people do you think have had sex on this sheet? Oh, I mean, maybe zero. It's pretty clean, there's only one yellow stain. The
1: Warrens claim that their Raggedy Ann doll, that belongs to them, <laughs> is possessed by a spirit of a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. Now, if, like you said, they know how to pick a case, and they know how to get the right ones, and what are the odds a doll they have in their house, and they're ghost experts, is possessed by the spirit of
0: a dead young child hey d- yeah
1: dude we're fucking—we're <laughs> half an hour
0: early you got some prep time if you like we're doing the episode on the kkk today right yeah, yeah. why do you think i'm wearing a priest outfit <laughs> yes. uh i went to savers yesterday in anticipation for this and picked up a used <laughs> white sheet for a dollar <laughs> uh, that sounds so <laughs> awful it's i don't worry i uh i washed it